going to do it. Okay, y'all. I just had to come in on to um, live on my page because I was on the podcast. Again, I got this new platform that I'm super excited about because I get to do a lot of things that I could not do, which is engage live with my audience members, get allow them to come in, put their input in, and um, ask questions, comments, engage with them, you know, and just get it really lit, right, and just make it interactive. So I'm super excited about it. But for whatever reason, it didn't want to let me be great today and so that's okay we ain't gonna let one monkey stop no show we're gonna carry on with the topic and today's tonight's topic for the podcast is is it worth the wait sex or abstinence that's what we're talking about because i think it's something that we need to address especially in our generation so many of us are trying to navigate these dating streets for people who not married people you know who are not in relationships and you're out here dating it's like how do we do this thing how do we do this thing in this society especially as christians as believers or just a person who decided you want to abstain. You want to wait until marriage. Like, how do we get into these dating streets and, and navigate and How do we choose, right? How do we choose if we're going to continue to have sex and get in a relationship and kind of see where it goes? Or how do we choose to, to keep ourselves and, and to not allow our, our flesh to get in the way and, and to not be led by our desires and our passions? And how do we stay disciplined, right? What do we do? How do you even date abstinent? Like, for real, because it's like, come on now. Like, I know for me, I didn't grow up in a in a time where or in an environment where they talked about abstinence or they talked about purity or they talked about sex at all. Really, I didn't have a sex conversation. You guys can add comments. You, we can talk about it. Um, if you wanted to even come in on the live, request to come in. Okay, because listen, this is a conversation we need to have, especially for our generation, because we have a lot of things telling us what sexy is. We have a lot of things telling us what's okay, what's permissible, you know, what's normal, right? We have so many things telling us that, but like, how do we decide personally? How do you decide, is it worth the wait, right? Like, for someone who has had sex before, you have sex, you know what it feel like, and if you do it right, it feel good. Right, we keep it real on the podcast, you know, on the Purity After Promiscuity podcast, we keep it hot, we keep it honest, open, and transparent. I'm your girl, Janelle Renee, if you guys don't know who I am, I do a podcast, it's called Purity After Promiscuity, where we're redefining a woman's worth. I normally do it on Fridays. We talk about all kinds of things and I switch platforms and I wanted to do a live show tonight and let you guys actually come in on the podcast and let it be recorded live. It just won't let me be great. That's okay. That's why we're over here on Facebook and we're going to talk about it. So come in. Don't be shy. Please, Courtney. Hey, girl, this is going to be good because we need to talk about it. So too many people want to avoid it or act like, you know, it's so taboo. Like, oh, we don't want to touch that. We won't. Why not? Why don't you want to talk about it when you're doing it? Let's talk about that. You don't want to talk about the sex, but you don't, but, but you're doing it. So let's talk about it and talk about how do we navigate this? How do we navigate these dating streets? How do you choose, right? Whether you're a believer or not, because the thing about being a believer, you still can get all different type of teachings, right? You go to a different church, they might not talk about sex at all. You go to another church, they might tell you if you go to sex, you're going, you have sex, you're going to hell with burning draws on, okay? You go to another church, they may tell you it's better to marry than to burn, you know? So you, you can still hear on so many different opinions different things even being a christian so how do you navigate these dating streets how do you make a choice that you're just going to either i'm just gonna have sex because i like having sex and that's what i want to do and be honest with yourself because let's keep it real everybody don't want to abstain 
everybody don't want to abstain some people just want to have sex and i appreciate your honesty like just say that like if you if if you don't even as a believer because i think so many times we like to we we want to be fake we want to present ourselves to be something that we're not when god tells us you be hot or cold right unless he go if you look warm he gonna spew you out of his mouth he already knows he already knows what you really feel inside he already knows what you're struggling with hey carlotta you can request to um, be on this live if you want we still about to do it up it's friday we still gonna keep it all the way lit we're not gonna let the technical difficulties of the podcast hold us back we're still gonna talk about is it worth the wait okay it is a struggle courtney trust me i've been there sis if the struggle is real okay the struggle is real no all you gotta do is if you on the live right now carlotta all you gotta do is look at the very bottom and across the very bottom you're gonna see a whole lot of icons you might see a little wine you're gonna see a the flip your camera you're gonna see a bunch of stuff and it's gonna be a person and a little square with another person in it that's what you need to per- press to request to be in this live but yes we're talking about is it worth the wait sex or abstinence because it is a struggle i don't care if you a christian or you're not it's a struggle especially if you had sex before and now you decide and you don't want to have sex you want to keep yourself you want to keep your body you want to honor god because the bible tells us that that we honor him with our bodies because that is our reasonable service but how do you do that how do you do that especially when your body didn't had a taste you know what it's like you you desire that intimacy i know i do I'm not going to sit up here and pretend for the people and act like, oh, I got it all together and it ain't a struggle. The struggle is real, okay? It's real. And we need to, you know, okay, so I think you're being mad about it. So we, so we need to just be honest and, and really talk about it and be honest of where we are. Because I remember starting on my Christian journey and really trying to decide I want to be, I want to be abstinent, right? I was like, I, I'm going to be abstinent because that's what everybody was telling me you're supposed to do. They like you're supposed to be abstinent, you're supposed to keep your body, you ain't, you know, you're supposed to honor God, you're supposed to, you know, not have sex outside of marriage. So I had, was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. Fail. Epic fail. Okay? I failed multiple times. Why? Because I really didn't understand why. I didn't really understand why I should be abstinent. I didn't understand really, you know, I, didn't, I was doing it out of obligation. I didn't understand that it needed to be a choice from my heart. It needed to be something that I wanted to do. And the only way it can be something you want to do is you got to go on a personal journey. And so it's like, as Christians, why do we feel the need to just present ourselves to be something that we're not or be somewhere in our walk that we're not? Because the truth is, be told, church is for, for sick people. Church is for struggling people. Church is for the people who ain't got it all together and you need Jesus and you, you need help. So to, to come and pretend like, oh, I ain't struggling. Oh, I got it all together. Yeah, I'm asking it. No, boo, boo. Be honest with yourself because God already knows. Or be honest and say, I ain't ready to be asking it. I still like to get it in. I'm still struggling in that area. I'm still weak in that area. You know, I'm not going to sit up here and pretend like, you know, that I'm somewhere I'm not. And, and be honest with yourself. God going to honor your honesty before he going to honor your faith. Right. It don't even make no sense. And so because it is a real struggle, and especially if you're not a virgin, and, I, and I've heard virgins say it's a struggle for them. Why? Because God designed our bodies to desire intimacy. Mm-hmm. Des- sexual desire isn't bad. It isn't a demon. It isn't the devil. God gave it to us, right? Because he designed sex. Sex isn't bad. The act of sin of having sex outside of marriage is bad. Sex right. in and of itself 
isn't bad. And when you do it right, and you do it within the in the marriage and in, in, in the covenant, it glorifies God. Boom. Can we ever think that? Can we think that something that they say is so? Oh my gosh, it's so bad, or you know, it's so we don't want to talk about it. It's so taboo that it's something that God really created to glorify Himself. Right. It is. And so when you have a different perspective, then things become easier. Not easy, but easier. So thank you, Carlotta, for coming in. This is my girl right here. She's been trying to get on the uh, podcast. I don't know what was the problem. I'm going to work on that. Hello. But we here. Yes. Can you hear me? I can, but you do low. So you might want to turn your volume up a little bit. Or if you're far away, you want to get a little closer. It's probably because I had the phone sitting down the speaker. Can you hear me now? Yeah, it's still low. You still sound far away. Yeah, see, so you going to call me after, and we going to work through all my little technical stuff. We going to work through it. It's okay. I can hear you. You're just low, but it's okay. You got the floor. So um, just introduce yourself to the people. And, you know, the first question I'm asking is, is it worth the wait? And, um, you know, as I said before you came on, this is a judgment-free zone. You know, ain't no judge and jury on here. You know, ain't Jesus ain't here. God ain't here. He's the only one that got heaven and hell to put somebody in. This is a safe space, and this is a space where we really need to have this conversation, and we need to yeah. edify and encourage each other. You know, we need to support each other in this because it's hard. Yeah. It's hard out here for a pimp. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, come on, Carla. Well, you know how I am. Like, I'm about to get out here and face the people. <laughs> You know, we don't know what's going to come out of my mouth, but hey, we're going to keep Listen. it all the way 100. So is it worth the wait, sex or abstinence? Um, so hi, everybody. I am Carlotta. Um, I'm from Akron, Ohio as well. It's absolutely worth the wait. Um, did I wait? I did not. Um, the reason why I feel like it's worth the wait is because of all the things I've been through because of not waiting. Um, yeah. I feel like when I was young, I knew I wanted to wait. You know, I, I wasn't trying to jump into intimacy physically. Um, I understood that loving somebody and intimate, being intimate with somebody didn't require for me to physically touch them. But I allow a lot of things to kind of sway my decisions. Um, for one, I felt like almost everybody around me had they had been having sex for four and five years. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. you know, you hear all these conversations about yeah. what it's like. Um, I mean, I had the experience where people was calling me gay because I didn't want to have sex right away. Mm -hmm. um, so I just started feeling like, you know what, okay, let me try it. So it, originally I was so scared still um, that I didn't just jump into it. But by my senior year, I did. And within six months, I was not only promiscuous, but I was pregnant. Um, and so it definitely wasn't worth it. You know, it, it wasn't worth it for me. And I feel like um, – the emotional instability that it creates in reference to yeah. trying to disconnect yourself from people, that all by itself make it worth the wait. Um, and then I went through some years after, so I am a mom of four kids, um, so clearly I'm not a virgin, right? And so yeah. after I had my younger kids, I went through so much relationship stuff that I decided to keep myself. And so for about I want to say four years. Um, yeah, I think it was four years. I, I didn't do anything, right? And so even in my dating, I had to really discipline myself. Um, I, my, I really wanted to 
make it last forever. But once again, I failed at doing that. You know, I made it to almost five years, and I, but I did not make it to the fifth year. And so what I started to do when I was dating was I had to follow some rules. Like, I don't want nobody yes, coming to my house. I don't want, um, you know, if I'm going on a date with you, we can meet wherever we're going. We don't have to do no whole bunch of rubbing, touching, kissing, like, yeah. because all of those things were just temptation for me. I think that yes. sometimes people act like it's just men that want to have sex, and that just really ain't the truth. You know what I mean? Like, we really, Girl. as as a female, we we, we like intimacy. Absolutely. Um, and so it, it it was, for me, it was very much worth it because I felt like I got to learn me. I felt like um, I learned that I didn't need, I really did not need sex to connect with somebody. Mm. And if I couldn't connect with you outside of sex, I didn't need you in my life anyways. Um, but I was able to get a lot of clear thinking. I was able to focus. I was able to yeah. um, grow more spiritually and what I had to do to do it, Janelle, was grow more spiritually. <laughs> I remember having times when I was getting in the tub, literally like, God, please help me do this. Because literally, you know, once you've had sex, the feel, you know the feeling. And yes. so you want that. Yes. You, you want that. Um, and if I be all the way honest, I feel like even, um, even now, I, 20 years later, right, I feel like, when when intimacy happens, it gives me a level of control. Mm. And so I, I'm um, a pretty independent person. I like control, if I be all the way honest. And so that gives me control. And so some of those things was, was just kind of pegging away at me, like, well, I know if I do this, I can do this. And there is power in what we do, you know. And so people play with it all the time. People act like, there's not power in what we have. It is. And so I, I had to learn just something different. I had to learn that, to be honest, keeping myself was worth it. Keeping myself made me feel um, just better about me emotionally. I suffer um, from a lot of self-esteem issues, depression, and having sex with people was not helping. You know, I, I would feel yeah. like in a moment, you know, you think it's going to help because, oh, you know, if you just, matter of fact, the first time I even had sex, it was based off of the fact, number one, I was I was doing uh, uh, marijuana that I never did in my life, even after, you know, didn't do marijuana, but, wow. and drinking, and so I was doing something that I shouldn't have been doing, and then it was based off of the fact that this person had been cheating on me, and so mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, if I finally give in a little, you know, maybe he'll stop cheating on me, so it wasn't even... Because I wanted to do it in a way like, okay, we love each other. Let's do this. It wasn't that. It was maybe if I give in, he won't cheat anymore. Well, ladies, that's not true. <laughs> it's not let's real. Let's talk about that. You know, let's talk about that. Let's talk about how sometimes we get to a place and it's like sex becomes like a weapon, if you will. Like we're yes. using sex to leverage to get what we want. Um, because that's another thing that comes into play, right? When you when you go and open up this Pandora's box and decide you want to start having sex, your idea is I'm about to have sex because I want to have sex or, you know, for whatever reason you come to that conclusion. But then as women, sometimes sometimes we want a guy and we, we think that in order to get him, I got to give my body. 
Or yeah. I want to control this man to do what I want him to do or to do what I need him to do. So now I'm going a, I'm to a give him sex or I'm going to withhold sex because now I'm using my body as a weapon and I'm using yeah. my body as, as manipulation to get what I want. Very true on all levels. Like, and, and, and I don't know, I always want to say we probably have all done it in some way, but I know for a fact I have. I, I, I feel Me like um, we. I learned early on that um, you can get what you wanted, you know, and, and I wasn't thinking about how unclean I felt after, you know, right. I wasn't thinking about how, you know, doing something like this. And like I said, in my first six months, I went from being a virgin to being promiscuous. That led me into a pregnancy where, to be honest, I just wasn't fully sure who my child's father was. And so we don't like to talk about that kind of stuff because it's the thing, it's the dirt that people like to throw on us. It's the, it's the yeah, stuff that the, yeah, makes us feel absolutely. very small. And so literally, um, it was like, well, I think I, like, I, I didn't have sex with somebody in the same day. It wasn't the same week, but it was within the same 30 days. And because yeah. I was so immature, I really didn't know when exactly I had got pregnant. I wasn't keeping track of my period. Nobody had taught me how to do that. And so it just was like, I really don't know. Um, And so to say that I knew, I would be lying. And then to say that I knew to the person, it would have been detrimental to me because then if I I ended up wrong about my guest, then how I'm looking, you know what I mean? And how I'm looking to my child as they grow. And so – that was an experience that I just told myself I would never experience again. You know, I would never continue to just go through not knowing who um, my who I was pregnant by. And so even when you talk about it, matter of fact, I've had somebody try to tell one of my kids about it. You know, that's what's so funny because as my kids got older, I started talking to them about stuff like that. Like, Absolutely. you really cannot judge people based off of a decision that has been made because you never know what somebody's been through. And Come then on, I just that part told right them. there. You know what I mean? And so um, it's difficult, and you don't want them to repeat those cycles. But if you're not honest about you're, some of the mistakes that you've made, then they're going to probably repeat them. And or when, when, when the mistakes happen, they feel like they don't have anybody they can come to or yes. anybody they can talk to. And so the de- that's the devil's playground. The devil's playground is to make, you know, the children or people who look up to it, make them feel like they're by themselves or make them feel like yes. they don't have anybody to talk to. So it wasn't an easy thing to talk about, but it was the thing that I knew I had to do. You know what I mean? And I feel like one of the things about owning your past is that you help people see that you can change yes. and that life can yes. change. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to, just because you make a mistake, that don't mean you got to keep doing it. You know what I mean? And so right. even in my, my, my struggle, I would say with um, keeping my body, I have learned so many different things about me. Um, for a while, like I said, I was fully, fully um, not having sex at all. Right. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, I flipped. In, in, in the initial year, it was like, well, I done messed it up, so forget it. I'm about to just, going you know, I can just keep going. Exactly, right? And, but the Holy Spirit really began to speak to me, like, so we just going to go backwards again. We're going to do this again. And so then it became like I was very conscious about what I was doing and how I was doing it, and I, and I knew that, regardless to whether I wanted to admit it, it was going to bother me 
with the decisions that I made. It was going to bother me if I continued to do it. So, you know, you get to this place where you be like, and, and this is just the honest to God truth, where I didn't live with a man, but we had sex twice in a year. You know what I'm saying? And so right. it's like, for somebody else, they probably be like, well, you still ain't, you know, abstinent. But for me, it, that was hard. <laughs> but but that's so, again, see, that's the we're on different we're all at different levels, right? We all have different triggers, we all have, you know, um different, you know, obstacles to overcome, right? And maybe for for you that is something big. Okay, it may not be something big for the next person, but that it, it doesn't diminish, right? The fact that this is a that was a big accomplishment for you. Right. And we gotta we gotta celebrate those things. And so like one thing I always wanna tell people Especially if you make if you're making this choice to be abstinent, right? First of all, I, my my first encouragement is choose to do it for you. Don't do yes. it for a man. Don't do it because way. that's only what God tell you to do. Yes, that is the that is the highest authority, and that is the reason you do it. But what's going to keep you doing it is it's a choice for you, right? Because yes. God is not going to come down here and make you be abstinent. He gives right. you a choice. He I the Bible says, if you love me. You'll obey mm-hmm. my commands. And so Correct. it has to be a personal choice from your heart. That's the way you maintain it. But it don't matter when you choose to become abstinent. I don't care if you've been having sex all your life and you don't even know how many men you've had sex with. That don't mean yeah. you can't start today. That Correct. don't mean that you can't be pure. That don't mean that you can't change your ways and you can't go down the healing journey and become the woman that you was always well, that you always was anyway before you went down this wrong path. That don't mean that. And too many times we people try to keep people in a in a space yes. in their past. They want to keep you identified through the lens of who you used to be. And it's like, no, I'm not that no more. And I'm not going to let you keep putting that on me, that label on me. Because, number one, the Bible told me that when I became, when I got saved, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has passed away. So, baby, I'm like, Paul, I ain't did nothing to nobody, okay? I don't know what you're talking about. I ain't been with nobody, and I ain't been with no man, because that was not me. That was the sin that was in me. Do you understand me? I'm not going to let you hold me in that space no more, because I'm free from that. Because that's the part of me that... I didn't know no better. I didn't grow yeah. up with nobody telling me nothing about sex. Nobody, my yeah. mom, my dad, yeah. nobody said nothing. Daughter, this is what sex is. This is why you shouldn't do have sex. This is why you should have sex. Your body is so valuable. This is the most valuable thing you can, you you even possess. You want yeah, to guard it with all of your being. You know, nobody told me that. Nobody told me that once you give your body to a man, you can't take it back no matter what. You know, he got something. He got something from you that it don't even have a price tag. Man. Sometimes we get in relationships and we get a man. I know my ex was one. He wanted to buy me all the time. You know what I'm saying? He wanted to come and have all of this gifts and, you know, do all this elaborate stuff. But really it was guilt gifts because he was doing a lot of cheating and a lot of stuff that, you know, that he shouldn't have been doing. But we, we often think that there is something, there, there's an even exchange. Yeah. There ain't no even exchange with your body. Mm-hmm. There's no fair, no. there's no fair trade, right? No. Like when you when you give your body to somebody, I don't know if somebody else is trying to request or not. Oh yeah, she can come on. Come on, Courtney. Uh, she got it. It says you got to download the latest um, app on Facebook. They might have updated, but you can definitely join in. I don't know if you can update it real quick. But there's no fair trade, right? Like I don't care what a man give you. Like if he hasn't given you his last name, it ain't a fair trade. 
He can Correct. give you everything in the world. But once he decides he done or you done, you, you part ways. And there's a yeah. part of you you can't take back. And so yeah. I never had that understanding. Everybody in my whole family, everybody was having sex. I don't know if yeah, anybody was serious. a virgin, right? You know what I'm saying? You know, everybody, this is the nobody thing. was married. What? My mama and daddy was shacking up. They were never married, right. okay? You know what I'm saying? I ain't seen the people. I never saw really marriage. I never saw nobody living a, a godly life or living a life of abstinence. All I saw was everybody was getting it in. So that's really all I knew. So well, if, if somebody well, would have well, told well, me something different, it would have been so foreign if somebody would have said well you know you shouldn't be having sex or you know you should you know you want to you know guard your virginity or you want to keep your body or you want to I say I would have been looking like well you're just speaking a whole foreign language to me because in the environment I was cultivated in everybody was doing it right when I go to school the friends the girls they doing it I don't know that it was completely foreign to me it was not being taught to me by um you know my siblings or my parents but I remember having just glimpses of who I wanted to be, even as a little girl, Um, you know, glimpses of wanting to be a wife and desiring to keep myself like that just was my goal. But as I grew, listening to the things that people had to say about me and feeling like I wasn't enough, feeling like I wasn't a gym, feeling like I was struggling with my sexual identity, feeling like I I was literally already struggling enough for me you know, going through something where I was mishandled by men in my family. And so it was like, I really didn't know where I wanted to fall. And so what I knew was, if I could hold up to this person, I could feel a little bit of love, you know. And so I know that that was the, 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 for me, that was the driving factor. Like, I really thought that if I did this, this would make me comfortable. If I be all the way honest, it wasn't until later in my life where I actually had pleasure from sex. And so literally n- none of those things did that for me because I wasn't doing it for the right reason. I do feel that people, um, I do believe that there are people who are anointed to maintain abstinence. Um, yeah. I just wasn't one of them people. <laughs> and so literally I believe I that there's time frames. I've, listen, in seasons, um, God has allowed me to. And, and, I, and I'm grateful for that. But I also know that during my life, it has been so many other times where I've had to just consistently um, pray about that space and pray about my flesh and Absolutely. deny my flesh and continually say, you know, God, I know that it's worth it, but this is difficult for me. I remember feeling like in church, that's all people talked about. Oh, if you having sex, you know, that you're just the biggest sinner in the world. And it's so many other sins, but that's the one they focused on. Then they went for focusing on if you having sex to, to if you gay. So that's the biggest sin in the world. And so it just was like, well, I would rather run for being gay and just go ahead and have sex. So let me just do something. And, and it really just felt like that. Wasn't really no big elaborate other reason besides I wanted to feel connected. I wanted to feel love. I did not believe I had value. And many of our little girls don't feel valued. You know, you don't see a lot of women looking like you in professions that you want to be in. It, we have gotten um, heck of better. You know what I mean? Like we have so Absolutely. many people who are, you know, opening businesses. We have female pastors. We have So we're, we have a lot more of that now. <laughs> That's good. That is my friend, Courtney. Uh-huh. Yes, Courtney. Um, but it, hey, it, it's girl. like, 
it's like you have to really um, be honest about the fact that there was really nobody leading me in it besides my emotions. And listen, you know how people be like, oh, follow your heart. Listen, the heart is don't the do that. above all things. No. So don't do hey. it. You know what I mean? Sister, so it, it, don't follow your heart. Don't listen, do that. It will lead secret. you astray every time. Every right. time I follow right. my heart, I've lived out of my heart with my heart on my shoulder, literally That's allowing good. myself to get in a relationship, knowing who the dude was from the beginning, knowing that he I, that he really probably wasn't going to change. But having this false, you know, this false mindset, this telling myself that some way I'm going to be the one who can change him. Some way my sex is going to be so different. Some way I can treat him so much better that he's just going to magically morph into this amazing man and treat me right and be faithful and be all the things I need. Because for me, I was having sex because I really wasn't caring really all that much about sex. Sex didn't, it didn't feel good to me for a long time um, because I was, it was just more of an act. It was really just me doing it out of obligation. And I faked it so many times. Listen, I hope don't none of the guys that's more from than my like the video because I, I deserve an Academy Award, okay? Because Thank the girl was faking. Because uh, it was just nothing to me. I had it's no emotional attachment to it. There was no yeah. real intimacy. It was just an act. And it was just either because I felt it was what I needed to do to get this man. But for me, it was because I just needed love. I needed love from yeah. a man because my dad wasn't there. You know, my yeah. biological father wasn't there. And then the my father who was in the home, like I grew up, grew up in a two-parent home. He wasn't present. He yeah. was just there. He didn't never have, we didn't have a bond. We didn't have a relationship. You know, he didn't, we didn't have that father-daughter, you know what I mean? So for me, I was just, me. I wanted love in particular from a man because I have father rules. So I, yeah. I went to sex because for me, that, that was kind of like the only way that I knew how to connect. Yeah. Or how yeah, to that's get how that the intimacy. Make you think. The, the and so I just found myself being on a cycle. And it, it, it just yeah. escalated to, you know, to to just, it just got so out of control to the point where I was just like, wait a minute. How did I even get here? How, right. how did I even choose this? Because I'm not, I'm really not even enjoying it, right? Yeah, I really don't right. even know why. I, sometimes I don't even really like the guy. It was just some, a void in me. It was just a right. need in me that just wanted, was so desperate for connection, was just so desperate just to be seen, because I grew up feeling unseen, right? Yep. I grew up in a yep. household where it was it was like I was unseen and I was unheard, so I just and, and wanted what, attention. I'm sorry, you know, but that's what I mean when I say, like, that get, that gave a level of control, right? Because we didn't feel seen, because we didn't feel heard, and so it's so crazy, but I remember... Um, early in life when I started meeting women who I needed to be around, such as Pastor Graham, such as um, Prophetess Sherry Jackson. Well, I said her last name right now, but Prophetess Sherry. And they would just call me beautiful, right? Yeah. People I love didn't Pastor do Graham, that by the way. That was, I love her. So people didn't call me beautiful. You know what I mean? People didn't call me queen. People didn't call me princess. And so when you did those things, it really made me feel, you know, a, a different, like, oh, I am cute. But before that, it was just boys telling me I'm cute. And guess what? They all wanted something, you know? And so I felt like um, in the beginning, I kind of felt like, well, as compared to the people around me, I'm doing better. 
right? And so then God started knocking me down off of that horse immediately, like, you, oh, you're doing better? That's why you don't know who your baby daddy is. That, you're doing that much better. You know what I'm saying? And so right, it's girl, really like you have to real. remain That'd be real because I have experience real. like that too. You know, very real. to be honest, the, the funny thing with me was I knew who the baby daddy was because the doctor pinpointed when I got pregnant, right? And I knew exactly who I was with and who I was messing with at the time, but he was married. You know what I'm saying? He was married. So for me, I didn't want it to be his baby. And I didn't want, you know, to say it was his baby because now my other dirty little secret going to come out that I'm sleeping with this married man. Why? Because I'm allowing him to, to, to tell me what I want to hear, to feed into my insecurities, to fill into my low self-esteem, to really just get what he wants. And I'm believing the lies of him leaving his wife. I'm, I'm 17, 18 years old. He's like 27 or something. And I'm, I'm so young and impressionable, but I'm so really broken and my self-esteem so low that I'm just allowing him to feed me with all these lies that he's telling me. And so next thing you know, we, we getting it in and now I get pregnant. And when I tell him I'm pregnant, like, dude around all the time. It's, it, even the first time I tell him I'm pregnant, he comes by, you know what I'm saying? He, you know, he cool, he laying on my stomach, and then dude disappears. Right. He holds just the deuces on me, like, I ain't, I ain't yeah. hear nothing else from him. And I just didn't want people to know that I was creeping, because, you know, back then we used to call it creeping, that I right. was creeping with this married man, because he was popular, everybody knew him, he was in the streets, you know what I'm saying? It was yeah. going to be a big thing. And so I was so afraid for people to find out. I lied, and I said right. that somebody else was my son's, my baby's dad. And then I ended up going through that whole thing with having blood tests with men that I knew wasn't a daddy. I, in my mind, I was hoping was a daddy because I didn't want to accept that I'm going to have right. to live with the fact that. Of your behavior. I didn't have sex with a married man. Yeah. And, and not just yeah. have sex with a married man. I created a whole baby. Right. Right. You know, I think that the, the most difficult thing to do sometimes is face ourselves. You know, whatever we go through in life, we become who we become, and it's difficult to face ourselves. But when you don't face yourself, you can't grow. When you don't face yourself, you can't move on. And so I remember um, just, like, all of the feelings that I had from those experiences, and I remember how low other people have tried to make me feel based off of that. And so I want to go back to when you talked about Paul. I, I do believe that when we are created, when we give ourselves to God, we are we are a new creation. I absolutely believe that. But I also believe that there's... Listen, but this is the thing. I also believe that we have to be accountable for the Paul and Saul in us, right? Mm, Because when we accept that we used to cut off people's ears and we accept that we used to be angry, so angry that we hurt other people or we accept that we were promiscuous or we accept that there was a time in our life that we were using our bodies to control other people. When we accept those things, we can grow, and not Absolutely. only can we grow, we can move on. We don't got to live like that. We don't have to manipulate other people to feel good about ourselves. Come we don't on. have to manipulate other people's mindset in order to make our mindset feel good. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so sometimes I feel like there was no discussion for me as a as a teenager in reference to sex. The day me and my mother talked about sex was the day that the dude, <laughs> the dude that I lost my virginity to told my mother I was pregnant. And that's when we talked about sex. At least and so, I talk since I listen. My mom walked in on me. Like I'm gonna keep up. Oh no, honey, I no, no you way. Girl, my mom would kill me. Like we was together 
from the time I was in eighth grade to we was in high school, right? And right. I don't know if her expectation in her mind was she just she just assumed we were having sex. And so even knowing that I spent a lot of time with him, she would let us spend time alone in the room, shut doors, you know, all I that. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what her mindset was behind that. But one day, you know, we up in my bedroom. I'm not, I can't even think this up. I, I wish, like, I could bring him on this live because I was, listen, I was floored. We on the floor, okay? I'm laying oh on the floor. God. I have no underwear, no pants, okay? Dude is in between my legs. He's trying to get me, you know, aroused. Cause we so young and retarded. We don't even know how to do it right. So he pouring water on me, you know what I'm saying, to try to make me wet down there, you know? Because what do we know? We're little kids, really. We have no business even doing grown folk things, right? So as he's pouring the water on me, she opens the door. And I'm telling you, I could have lost it. I was just thinking, like, oh, my gosh. It's over. We're we're dead, right? Absolutely. Do you know if my mom shut the door and just went back downstairs? She didn't say a word. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking, right? I cannot make this up. She did not say a word. And then we were so scared for him to leave, right? Because we got to walk downstairs past her because she's sitting in the living room. Because now I'm thinking maybe she's just going to wait. You know what I'm saying? Maybe she just so, like, maybe she just was so shocked and, you know, so angry that she just had to take a few moments. And yeah. so we we sitting up there thinking, like, how you leaving? You know what I'm saying? Like, is there another way out the house? Can we avoid going downstairs past her for you to go out the front door? We, we get it. So we finally get our courage together. We walk downstairs past my mom sitting in there. I was walking out the door. I come back in. I'm just knowing she about to just, I don't even know, like just jump on me or something. Yeah. You want to know what she did? She made me an appointment at the, um, I used to go the to, the children's, uh, to the children's um, teen clinics, and she put me on the shot. Yeah. That was her conversation yeah. about sex. She yeah. didn't say nothing. She We didn't talk. She didn't explain to me what we were doing, what, at least what we were trying to do. You know? Right. She didn't explain none of that. She went and took me to the teen clinic and put me on the shop. And that's the yeah. only reason why I wasn't a teenage mom. We're like yeah. teenage, teenage, because I graduated high school at 17 and I had my son at 19. But the only reason why I made it to 19, if I'm honest, is simply because my mom's way of addressing sex and talking to me about sex was her putting me on the shop. Right. That was it. Right. And so yeah. I literally had no reference. I had no reference. I had nothing to compare what I should and should not be doing because there was nothing there. And so yeah. I just was doing what I saw. Everybody yeah. is like, and I can't, I'm not going to say everybody was doing it, but it's like everybody who was in my environment, who was well, around me. And even when I didn't really want to do it anymore, because the people I was around was doing it, Obligated. they like, yo, like, you, you, what's wrong with you? You know what I mean? Like, this is, listen, this is what we doing. You know, this is how we get down. This is a part of life. And yeah, so, you know, I come on, Crystal. Hey, girl. Hey, Crystal, girl. Um, but that's, that's the problem. And that's why a lot of times we don't know if it's worth the wait, if we honest. But this is the problem, though, Janelle, because now, at our age, social media was not even as bad right well we didn't even have we didn't have a social media girl so the thing is you know people there were still kids who used to sneak and i think you know watch porn or do whatever they did but at the end of the day think about it right now like these kids can literally grab their cell phones 
and watch anything in the world wherever. So my advice to parents is you better be having a conversation because oh, somebody's having it. a conversation with them. Crystal, I had a conversation. At least they told you not to come home with a baby, okay? I don't think my mom would have been – I think my mom would have been cool. If I'm honest, I think no, she probably would have been cool I think that, if I would have came home with a baby because – I think that your mom probably was heartbroken, though. I think that your mind probably was heartbroken though, Janelle. Like it's not, it's not easy, right? And so it all, all of that stuff depends on how they were raised. Absolutely. And so, you know, we try Absolutely. to do better than what we, than what gets done to us. And so that's all we really know how to do. We don't know, we can't do something that we can't, we you know, we, have you know, pages, Courtney. listen. And listen, we, we were giving them pages okay? to sneak and get it in, okay? We were yes. giving them pages, yes. me and my boyfriend. We used to be going to the park. We used to be doing all kind of weird stuff because so I you was a bold soul, no honey child. I'm too scared to be going. Listen, Mm-mm. too scared to be doing all that, honey child. You got to take me home, hotel, something. We're not going to no park. Girl, but listen. at the end of the Man, day, listen. what I will say is, if we if we are to be fully honest about, because because this topic for me, I don't want people to feel like you know, oh well, everybody do this is why I do. The the point is that you can start over. You know, it, it is absolutely is worth the wait, and that our bodies are are a temple that we really are worth it, and that every time you allow a man to 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 have intercourse with you, he is depositing something in you that you cannot return. And so, at the end of the day, when you still feeling this person and you ain't spoke to them, or you feel you still having this mindset of thinking about whatever about them in your mind, absolutely right, because they're leaving something inside of absolutely. you. A man gets up, he washes off, and he walks away. That is deposited inside of us, and so we have to think about what that does to us, what that does to our psyche, and how that moves us. And so, at the end. Of the day what I try to do when I'm working with young girls and even with young boys like in my household I only had one son three daughters but nobody was raised different I, all of them were taught how to use birth control and condoms all of them had the discussion some discussion they hated absolutely hated my but God, I just too. felt like if I didn't talk about it I knew that somebody would talk about it come on you know what I'm somebody saying? gonna and teach so these kids about somebody's gonna it's teach gonna be society it's gonna be YouTube. It's gonna be porn. It's gonna be their friends. It's, it's, it's gonna be. It's gonna be the, the neighbor down the street. Horrible. It's gonna be whoever get can get access to to teach them something that that you really need to be the one. So at least your child can have that reference to say, no, that's not right. That's well, not right. Well, I, I, I well, talk I to my to kids. My youngest is ten, and we've been. All of my sons, we've been having sex talk for like a couple years. My son was really young because I was so young when I got exposed to sex. When I was molested, I was young. Then we stumbled across porn at a family member's house. It was like me and all my cousins. We stumbled across porn. We watching porn. Next thing you know, I end up going to my house. It's like this how this how ridiculous it was. I thought to myself, well, this family member got it at their house, right? And they, you know, they are close, close family member. I was like, I wonder who's at my house too. Girl, go home, and lo and behold, I'm finding at my house. Next thing you know, I'm addicted to porn. I get addicted wow. to masturbation. I'm a kid, wow. though. This is, like, right. by the age of 12. I'm, right. not, I'm not talking about teenager. I'm not talking about adult. I'm talking about being a whole child and yeah. don't even know why I have yeah. a desire to look at this yeah. stuff, and I feel a feeling. 
I don't Correct. even know why. I, I want to yeah. touch myself, right? I don't even know why. But because I got exposed to it so young, I never yep. had nobody tell me nothing else about it. I never had nobody tell me about no birds and the bees. I never had nobody tell me about nothing about virginity, nothing about abstinence, nothing about purity, nothing about sex at all my teacher was being molested as a kid and then it was porn and then it was masturbation and then it was my peers so uh, so it, it's no wonder you know you could look at me from the outside when i was in my early 20s and teenage years when i was promiscuous and you could judge and think like oh why is she doing like that um Yes, girl, I, I, that's how I keep it. You know, I normally do the podcast on the podcast, but I keep it all the way hot because if I don't do that, you can't get free. I don't know who needs right. to hear this. I don't know right. who's struggling like I was struggling because I was so broken, baby girl. Listen, let me tell you something. I was in bondage for a very, very long time, and I was held captive, and I felt low, and I felt dirty, and I felt unworthy, and I stayed in that place, and I didn't think that I was lovable, and I didn't think a man would want me, and I thought all I was was the sum total of what I could give a man with my body, and, and it took me to have to go through the process to heal and to get free. So now my heart is to help other women to get free and to say there's still hope. There's still hope on the other side. You can make the change today. I don't care if you yeah. just got done having sex with a man five minutes ago. Sis, you can change. You can yep. stop. You can choose to put you first and to honor your body. You can choose to wait until you get married. Because here's the thing. We think that a man is going to love us more or respect us more because we give them our body. And the and truth be told, you can be with a man for so many years and, and be thinking he's going to marry you, he's going to marry you, and, you know, he's going to change, he's going to do this, and he can give you all these false promises, like, okay, you know, wait till I get myself together, or, you know, wait, it ain't the right time yet. You know, he come up with all of these things. But next thing you know, y'all end up breaking up for whatever reason. He can meet a whole nother girl, and six months later they married because she had a different standard right because yep. she probably didn't give in because she held her ground because she knew her value and she didn't respect your value when you know yep. because a man a man only gonna do what you let him he gonna try yep. he gonna try because that's in his nature right it's the chase it's the pursuit it's the conquer he gonna try but trust me a man respects you when you hold your ground he don't yeah he he may act like he don't but trust and believe, when you see uh, when a man marry a woman, she don't got to be the most beautiful woman in the world. She don't have to have the baddest body. But what she probably did, she probably gave him a challenge. And she probably yeah. held her ground. And she probably demanded respect. And she probably laid down the law and she stuck to it. And he, and that is more sexy to a man than when we can take our clothes off the first day or, or the first time where he can tell us, or he tell us, hey, sis, you're beautiful. Next thing you know, your panties falling off. Because, I mean, some of these some of these men, they good. Now, I didn't have my panties talked off before. You know what I'm saying? I'm not even going to lie. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, a man only going to do when you let him. And we think so many times that we just got to lead with our sex and our sexuality and we got to show everything. And that's what a man won't know. You know, that's what a man want to do. He's like, yes, he want to smash. Absolutely. He's like, so, yeah, he'll take you out. He'll take you to dinner. He'll buy you gifts. He'll wine and dine you. He'll do all that. He'll smash and you will never hear from him again. And listen, and we ain't just talking about one kind of man. Okay. <laughs> we talking about leaders, preachers, teachers, every kind of man. You know, the, all because of people get caught up. Because they have the same that, nature. Man, listen. They have the same nature. Talking about everybody. I had a whole deacon. Then, I had a whole deacon at a church who was listen. in a whole relationship. Okay? 
off and on with another woman in the church. In some kind of way, I don't know if they had a, a spat or whatever they had. Next thing you know, he hollering at me, and we full, we messed around for years. And this is a, this right. is the whole leader in the church, okay? He's serving, right. he's doing all this stuff. But when all that's done, he hitting me up like, "What's up? You coming through?" Right. It don't right. matter because a man and is listen, a man. Men don't men don't return necessarily because they love you so much. They return because you let them. It, it's not you know. A lot of times we get, and I've been guilty of this. Like, oh well, he must love me more. He must. Girl, he must you know, you so I'm the one. It's not so the Girl, I can't stand Courtney. No, but this stuff <laughs> is real though. Because man, listen, these but, men be fine. Okay, we gonna be honest. They be fine. And some of them know they got game. Right. They know right. all the well, right and this is the that. truth, though. And right? I, I don't think my experience was the same, Janelle. I feel like um, my well, I, my last experience definitely game, right? But before that, I feel like um, I just wanted to be loved. I am not kidding you. Like I just wanted to be loved. I just wanted to be accepted. I just wanted to prove a point. When I had sex the first time with my kid's dad, it was literally for me to prove a point to somebody else. Listen, me and my kid's dad were dating for, I don't know, the end of my senior year when I was going back and forth between him and the other person. And literally I had not even had sex with him. It wasn't a big deal to me. We were dating. I didn't know him to be honest. You know what I'm saying? And so literally I found out that he had messed with a friend of mine who I felt like betrayed me. So I wanted to have sex with him to prove a point. And so then when I look at that 20 years later, I'm like, it wasn't right from the beginning. Girl. It wasn't right from the beginning. And so then I think about when you said that we go through some of the things and we feel like we don't even understand where those things are coming from. I talked about it yesterday um, when when I was doing a podcast, but she was asking, like, what was the first, tra- you know, major transition or thing that you've been through? My conception. At conception, it was it was confusion. You know what I mean? My my father was a pimp. My mother had, had somebody else's last name. At conception, that's confusion. And so I don't care how many times you twist that and turn that. It wasn't right from the beginning. Come and on, so you let's have talk about it. You have to deal with. Then you come into the world, into a family where there's incest, where there's but, where where there's children being touched around with. And let's then talk we about act the like it don't exist. Curse of those things. That Correct. strongholds over families, right? Because yes. see, a lot of times we don't trace it back to the root. We think it's a choice we making, right? Correct. You think you're just nasty. Let's just keep it right. real. You think right. you're just nasty. You think, you know, let the people say, they say, you just a hoe, you know, you just this, you that, you ratchet, you a thought. But really, let's trace the root back. Because I find out in the last recent years, there's a whole stronghold of perversion over my family. There's right. family secrets that all of a sudden just have been unveiled in these last years to me of so much perversion and so much stuff that was happening in regards to different types of sex and sex, like you said, incest of their known molesters in the family who's molested child after child and nobody does they kind of blind eye to it. And what that do is that repeats the cycle of destruction because now you're you're constantly wounding and destroying these young children and they're not getting help. They're not, you know, being protected and then and, and it just go on and on and on. And so I come from a family not only was it dysfunctional, not only was it toxic and healthy, but it was so perverted. And I didn't even know. So for a long time, guess what? I thought it was just me. I didn't know it was right. everybody. You know what I'm saying? Right. I thought I was just a nasty one. I thought it was right. just me that had a problem where I, I can't stop masturbating. Where I could be, man, listen, I could be in a whole relationship with a dude. 
we could be actually being sexually active and I'm still seeking going masturbating and watching porn. Wow. Right. Because it wasn't ever about sex with him. It was about right. me needing to meet a need, me needing a feeling. I needed a feeling because what it became for me, it became like a drug. You know what I'm saying? It became like, oh, I'm stressed out right now. Oh, I'm feeling yep. insecure right now. Oh, I'm feeling rejected right now. Oh, I, you know, so every time I was going through man. one of that these different type of uh, emotional phases, I, I went to porn. I, I went to porn because I knew if I watched porn, it was going to rouse me. And if I got aroused, then I could touch myself and I can get that release. And then it was like, okay, I would get that release. And yes, it was a coping mechanism. And so I'm telling you, I used to be sneaking and everything, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and really, in my mind, sometimes thinking, like, I hope he hurry up and do what he got to do so I can go do really what I got to do. Because it was wow. never really about the sex because I just had no idea how big this stronghold was, not just Correct. over me, but that was over my bloodline. That was a driving, yeah. it was an invisible driving force that was really it was really causing me to make the moves I was moving. And I'm thinking that I'm making the moves, but it was really something else because I didn't know once I got molested, that opened the door. Yep. Because it can't just come in. It needs a, oh, it needs a door, right? That opened the door. So automatically my life was now, it, it, it was like redirected from whatever yep. the original intent God had in mind for me. That sin came in. My that door was open, perversion and lust came in, and then it just began to erupt in my life. And and I found myself just doing things that I never would have thought. Because that's another thing that sex would do. Sex would have you doing things that you never would have thought you would do. Yeah. It it'll have you it'll have you going into spaces. It'll have you dealing with people. It'll have you making decisions. It'll have you doing all kind of things that you never imagined in your life that you would do because you it's like you have this monster, this appetite that you just got to feel, right? And so we, we, we live our life like that, and sometimes we don't even know that we can get out. Yeah. Sometimes we think to ourselves, this is who I am. You know how many times people would say that to me? I didn't, hear, I didn't have people tell me that, well, that's just who I am. Because we yeah. have been so conditioned by sex and sexuality. Not not just sex, though, Janelle. I, I feel like in this world, we are controlled by our flesh because we feel like it's okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so we forget that we are supposed to be in this world but not of it. You know what I mean? It, we're not supposed to do what everybody else do. And a lot of us have to go through experiences to remember that. Courtney Trice, if you are still on here, can you give me some scriptures? Give us some scriptures. She can, uh, um, about she can request to be on in on the live. She, she requested to be in. If she did, I'm going to text her. But, you know, I just really feel like people have to understand some of the things that you have to do to deal with those spirits and to really, um, one, figure out who you are, two, figure out why it's happening. Because, again, I feel like, yes, it definitely affects you when you are sexually molested or mishandled as a as a child. And this happens to girls, boys. It doesn't matter. Absolutely. Hey, Courtney. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. I was hey, like, we're Courtney. Welcome, I need welcome. to girl. Listen, let me tell you something. I'm, I was scrolling past and saw this. I was like, oh, let me just click in here and see what's going on in here. And then I'm listening. I'm like, oh, oh, I was supposed to be over here. Come on. God is intentional. <laughs> Yes, 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 he is. I was supposed to be on here. So, um, what you want scriptures for? 
so just just trying to help people understand one of the things that I really want people to understand is that we're saying like you can start over and that is so many different reasons why we should keep our bodies. But there's a scripture that talks about um, um, keeping our bodies. There's a scripture that talks about, um, you know, the, the, the how we give ourselves back to God and how we present ourselves. Um, so just some of those scriptures so that they can go directly to them in, in the time when I was abstinent, it took a lot of discipline. And a part of that discipline was I had to get up every single day and read my scripture and recite the scripture to myself. Listen, I can't tell you exactly where to find the word. I know the word is in my heart and I can give you the word, yeah. you know, in my own way. But Courtney here can listen. She's going to tell y'all exactly where the scriptures are. Yeah, because, Courtney, you bring have the to word, be able to bring do the word. Because that's really what it is. Like, like her mother said, that's what it takes. And, you know, I've been on this abstinence journey for, um, it'll be four years. And um, what I will say is, well, thank you. Yeah, listen, um, and, and I'm going to be completely honest. It's not as difficult as I really thought it would be. Um, but I think it's because it of the easy. process I've been through, right? It's because mm. of my last relationship, I dealt with uh, such a strong soul tie with this wow. person. And I dealt even with the spirits that he had connected with him that had now access to me because I had allowed him into my body. And what we don't realize what sex does is it creates that open door. That's what it's supposed to do. But when you do it out of order, then you, yeah. you invite all kind of things that you don't know. You don't know how many people that person has slept with who they still got soul ties with or they got things still residue on them that they now bringing it to you. On top of the cheating that he was doing while he was with me and bringing, coming and back land with me. So I had to go through the whole process of breaking soul ties. I had to go through the whole process of renouncing. I had to go through the whole process of going and confessing and asking for forgiveness and, and really purging my body of not just him, but every man I was with before that, right? I had to do that. And it was so difficult. It was so hard for me to let that leave that man alone. It, I had every reason in the world, logical reason, on top of the red flags that was there from the beginning that I ignored or tried to paint a different color. But once we started really being intimate, it was just like that. It, I just, it was, I was blind. And so because yeah. I have had such a traumatic experience that had yeah. a lot to do with the soul tie, the connection, the entanglement that was created between being with the wrong guy, that yeah. now I, I'm like, I didn't did the work. Correct. I didn't did the work, and I Correct. can't go and do this again. It was too hard. Yeah. You know, it was too hard to break the soul ties. It was too hard to, to really get to a place where I really, this truly want to be free, and this I couldn't plan. stop. I was crying, bawling, asking God. I had no understanding. Why can't I leave this man? Why do I keep going back? He keep doing everything under the sun to me. He's treating me like dirt. I, I am losing my mind. Like, I don't understand. Wow. But it was the soul tie. And when you have an, an experience like that, it, it gives you a different perspective. So it's not yeah. that it's easy. It just became yeah. easier. So it's not a big struggle for me at this moment. But do I still desire to have sex? Absolutely. Do I still, you know, think about, Lord, how much longer? When is the man of God coming? Because your girl right and ready, okay? You know, we're going to keep it real because God did create sex. He created us right. to be sexual beings. He created us to right. feel. He created us to connect intimately, right? Those things are good. It's natural. And so I have those desires, but 
I don't, they don't control me or they're not so strong to where, and to God be the glory, I pray to say it that way, that it's a big struggle. Be, and, it's, and it's just because of my process, right? It's just yeah, because discipline. I just know discipline. I can't go back there. I mm-hmm. can't go back. That was hell. Literally, what I just, the last relationship I was in was hell. That's no exaggeration. And I can't go back there. So that's what keeps me. And and I had to make the choice in my own heart that I want to be abstinent because I just want to do it God's way. I've done it Janelle's way a lot of times, and it never worked. It just, I kept getting the same results. So now if I want to do something different, if I want something different, I got to do something different. And so I just decided that I want to try it God's way, right? The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good, right? Yes, Ms. Stephanie said Romans 12, 1 and 2, right? And that is, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you are able to discern the good and perfect will of God, right? We do, right. it starts here. It starts right. here and here. Out of whatever so a man think, if so is he. Right? Exactly. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's here is going to become there. It tells us, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the rivers of life. So your life is coming from your heart. So when you make a choice here and it goes here, you're going to start seeing it in your life. Right? And then it is day by day. It can become easier. But that don't mean that I don't struggle and I don't still sometimes have to watch the thoughts that come in my mind that I got to pass down the high imaginations because yeah. I do. It don't mean that sometimes I'm watching a movie and I might got a whole turn that thing off because it might send me, take me to a place. You got to know your triggers. You know what I mean? You got to know, you got to have strong boundaries. You know what I'm I don't, I don't play those games. I don't watch a lot of things. I don't listen to a lot of things. I don't listen to certain music. I don't go to certain places. You know what I'm saying? I have to keep them strong boundaries so I can be successful on this journey. I, you know what I'm saying? I'm not really, I don't date for real because I know me. I like, I like men. Okay. I like and men. You know, and at, if, at if, the, if I get too close, I don't know how strong I'll be. Right. And so, so some of your healing um, has to continue, right? Because the reality is you want to be a wife. And so you have to date to become a wife. And a lot of times we get stuck in that because we're in pain and because we're dealing with, sorry. And because we're dealing with um, whatever we're dealing with, it, like I said in the beginning, even for me, it was easy because I was broken. I was heartbroken. I felt like the person had let me down. And so I wanted to keep myself because I didn't want to continue to experience that. You know what I mean? But over time, I had to um, – I wasn't as broken about that situation, and my flesh began to speak. And so – even in those circumstances, the discipline is what's required and what's necessary. Y'all, it's eighth graders right now who literally are doing more than what we ever even thought of. It, I remember having conversations with little girls like, what are you going to do when you become 18? Because how are you doing these things already? There's little girls who are experiencing, you know, having uh, uh, threesomes and all type of stuff. And so literally the 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 – Demons have ran loose, so to speak. And so I feel like what people have to understand is I don't care what you have experienced. Number one, there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. Mm-hmm. No sin. No, nothing. Not deaths, not lies, not angels, not demons, not heights, not deaths, so not mountains, not valleys. you can start over. You can start over. And yes. you can literally do that. Like I said, my way was, 
I had to deny myself. I had to read my word. I had to stay in my word. And I had to get away from some people. When you are trying to walk a walk, listen, it was a time when I had to separate myself from the bar. It was a time when I had to separate myself from certain people. Because some people feel like, girl, you don't need to do that. That ain't a big deal. Girl, you, that's not a, why, why are you trying to do that? Yeah. I mean, oh, no, or you are holy now. It doesn't matter. Or you got kids already. So it doesn't matter. Yes, it does matter. On that one. If I want to keep myself, I don't care if I got 10 kids. That That's literally that's... my right to do. And so if you are not enjoying your experience, because most of us outside of the rim of where we're supposed to be have not even enjoyed it. You know what I'm saying? And so we're doing it out of obligation. You don't owe anybody your body. You don't owe anybody your body. You don't owe anybody sex. You don't owe anybody. And if you're living in a world where you have to do that or you're in a relationship where, you know, something is being taken from you, my prayer is that God will cover you enough so you can see your way out because at the end of the day, that is not how God wants us to live. And so now as I move forward, now I'm like, listen, God, I know I need my covering. Because at this point in my life, I've been through different levels, different phases, and I ain't saying they all been right, but I am saying that my flesh speaks. And so now I'm like, okay, you know, being a person who believes that I can't be working the altar and I'm all out of order doing yeah. all whatever Ooh, I want to do. Let's talk about and that, that schools off for everybody. Look, look we're going to let Courtney jump in. I forgot Courtney was on here. But literally, you just got to know <laughs> that you can start over. I don't care. I don't want them to miss that because if you are listening to this, you can start over. But that's you the whole premise over, of this like, whole thing. Period. The podcast is called Purity After Promiscuity. But it has to be a reference, right? It's easy to tell somebody what they can do. But it's, yeah. it's even more real to a person for them to see it. Yeah. For them to see somebody who's not afraid or is healed enough to admit, listen, sis, you think yourself is the worst of the worst? Trust me, I got about 10 walk-in closets full of skeletons, Okay. You know, Listen. it's like, I done been there. I've been down that road. You know, I didn't experience that. But God, but through but God. God, right? But now I'm healed. I'm whole. I'm on the other side. I, You know, even to, to get into an actual healthy relationship, what does that even look like? You know, like, right. but to be a reference and not just a voice saying, giving hope, but giving hope through a visual to say, if it happened for me, I'm no, I'm no better than you. If he no could do it for me, and I thought I was a lost cause, cause, cause I didn't did some things. Okay, I'm surprised. I, I, I still wonder, like, Lord, who am I that you would be mindful of me, right? right? Like, how would you even dare still love me and still choose me after all of the horrible things I've done to people, to you? But because to his love, he, his to love myself. is just so unfailing and so unwavering and so unconditional. There's no conditions to his love. The one condition is he's like, just choose me. Just choose me. If you don't worry about cleaning yourself up, sister, he do that for you. He'll help you right. do that. Don't worry about trying to figure it all out and, and have it all together and try to, you know, kind of start the process on your own and try to stop in your own strip. You can't. I cannot stop masturbating in my own strength. I tried. I used to be in tears, crying, begging God, and still doing it. And still doing it. It was easy for me to stop having sex because I had no emotional attachment to it. Right. It was just, it was like, see, Liam Mister, like, he just doing his business. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's it. I didn't care all like that. But the right. masturbation and the porn right. was a problem. 
It was coping. You know, it like was, said, coping, and because it was coping. a deeper issue, when I was in counseling, and I'm talking to my counselor working through this with her, she asked me one day, she said, well, what is it doing for you? What need is it meeting? Right. And I'm like, outside of the obvious, right, outside of the physical release you're getting, but truly, what is wrong? What? Why? Like, she told me that every time you feel the urge to do it or you're about to do it, Think, Journal. be present in your emotions in that moment. What are you feeling? What's mm-hmm. wrong? What is your What is your mind saying? What is your body saying to you? Like, are you stressed? Are you anxious? Are you afraid? So these are things that we just don't think that deep into it because we're taught in this society that it's just sex. They even tell you masturbation is okay. It's natural. It's just a way to release. You can do it. Actually, it's therapeutic. They'll even tell you all of these things about it but really what what masturbation does it robs you of intimacy it creates a selfish uh codependency on self to where you can bear you won't be able to connect with an actual person because you're so used to satisfying yourself that's why i could be in a whole relationship but still need to masturbate he really couldn't satisfy me for real because i could i knew how to satisfy myself and i have become so dependent on that selfish code that's just meeting the need that really my spouse supposed to meet. So what was I going to do? What was I going to do if I went and got married and never dealt with that? And I get into this marriage and now he, that's his responsibility. The Bible says that my body, not mine no more. When I get married, that is my spouse's, it's his and his is mine. But because I've taken his responsibility from him, I've robbed him of his duty as a husband to please me intimately because I've done it for myself. And that's how you have people who can be together and even be married and they don't even have sex. Right. Because they haven't dealt with these issues and they haven't, you know, went through that healing journey. They wouldn't have been through that healing process to really purge themselves from all of the things that come as a result of having sex outside of marriage or indulging in sexual act, or any form of sexual activity. We we like to categorize sex, right? We like to say, oh, that's just oral. It's, 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 it's not, you know, penetration or, you know, that's just masturbation. But it's the same concept. It, you're getting the same release no matter how you're doing it. It's still a form of sex. And so we have to deal with that. We have to get to the root issue. So when you do get into a marriage, that you're able to truly give yourself to your spouse. And he's able to enjoy you and you can enjoy him. And you don't end up being one of those people who end up getting a divorce because you can't even connect on that intimate level. Right. And so it's so important to have these conversations because people need to know, A, they're not alone. And B, you can overcome. But it does require work. And it requires you to really make a choice, a decision. Like, I want this so much, I'm willing to. Because it was a fight. I'm going to tell you right now. If you don't know what a war is, when you're ready to tell your your flesh, it got to come under suggestion to your spirit. And it got to do what you're going to tell it to do. Oh, baby. Because that flesh flesh like, look, sis, you say, not me. You know what I'm saying? That flesh like, listen, you chose that. That's your choice, not mine. And so, you right. know what I'm saying? That thing, that thing is a battle. Your flesh don't want to stop having sex. If you keep it real, right. it don't matter if you're a Christian or not. Doesn't want to wait till marriage. Your flesh doesn't want to do none of that. I'm sorry, my son was calling my phone. 
Your flesh don't want to do none of that, right? He felt like, Mom, no, no way, Mom, you stood on life. No, my kids, look, you about to come in my office, like, knowing that I'm busy. Like, don't, what What do you want? You want to be on this live? You want, want people to see you? Oh, okay, see, now he shut the door. He don't want to be on camera. But you have to get to that place where you understand this is going to be a fight. And somebody going to win. And let me tell you, it can't be you no more, flesh. You done won too many times. It can't be you no more. You gonna have to. You gonna do what I tell you. You gonna do, and I don't care how long we gotta be in this battle. I don't care what I gotta do, what boundaries I gotta put up, who I gotta cut off. I don't care how much I gotta be in the work. I don't care if I gotta be at the church every single time the doors open from listen, sun up to sun listen. down. It's whatever it takes. I'm gonna get out, get out, <laughs> get out, Hayden. <laughs> Y'all see what I gotta deal with, right? Uh, th- this is my real life. But um, you gotta get to that all or nothing. You got to get to that all or nothing where you're willing to do whatever it takes. Because I'm telling you, once your body has been conditioned and your brain has been conditioned to this behavior and getting this release and having this connection, it don't it don't just turn off overnight. Mm-mm. Janelle, we got to let Courtney talk. We didn't put her on the live. And Come then on, Listen, I'm listening because I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, yep, 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 mm-hmm, yep, 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 yep. We got no, the you scripture come on, too. Add thank to you. The conversation. Come on, you add to the dialogue. Well, see, listen here. The way my life is set up. How is it set up, girl? <laughs> no, everything. The, the everything that you guys were saying is absolutely 100 percent the truth. Um, I think I shared this with Carlotta. I know that I've shared this with um with our pastor on several different occasions is that one of the biggest issues that I had and I, and I, I talk about it because I don't, I don't believe in not talking about it. One of the biggest issues I had with church and I don't mean like church people, like I'm not trying, I'm trying to use this generally. One of the issues I had with church is that when they started the whole, um, uh, single ladies, let's get together, have these conferences, and we all get together, Take we go to brunch, we go to tea, we do all this stuff, and buy yourself some pretty pajamas and all that other stuff. That opened the door to a lot of lesbianism and mm. a lot of masturbation because nobody wanted to get real and talk about the real issue. Nobody wanted to be vulnerable enough to say, hey, sis, listen, I failed in that area miserably, and I had to cry and I had to pray to get through it, and a lot of times I didn't want to hear scripture because at the time, like you being real right now, what you're saying right now, that's helping somebody because you can give me 50,000 scriptures, and we have put so many scriptures up in here that's going to help somebody, and and don't get me wrong. You do need the word. The word is what will keep you and bind you and it will anchor you in. Yeah. But you also need somebody to be real like you are and transparent and tell the truth about a struggle. Because, see, sometimes a person is not going to get delivered from listening to 12,000 uh, sermons 
and reading scriptures, but somebody may get delivered off of hearing your testimony about what you had to go through or how hard the struggle was because then all of a sudden you just took something that was insurmountable and brought it all the way down to their level and now they're like, you know what, I can eat from your table, I can receive from you, maybe there's some hope there, I yeah. feel a little bit of strength, now I can, now, now oh, I know ain't nothing wrong with me and I can push through and see what happened is is that the, nobody wanted to be real. Everybody wanted to everybody wanted to do these hey, conferences, but nobody wanted to talk about the truth of the matter. Nobody wanted to talk about their struggle. Nobody wanted to say anything. And then the old then you had some of the older women who were scolding the younger women, but they were still doing the, the same thing. But the only reason why they wasn't getting exposed is because they can't get pregnant no more. <laughs> Because we got to deal and with... so-and-so went to the doctor, well, you just thought she went because she had, you know, osteoporosis. Well, no, because so-and-so went to the, to the hospital because she was thinking she had a bladder infection, but because she'd been out there like that, swinging from the chandelier, she got chlamydia from Brother James. <laughs> and Brother James got it from... Uh, Sister Gloria down the road, and Sister Gloria got it because her husband gave it to her because he was out putting his spoon in somebody else's pot. Now we got seven people who was affected by something because of one person's decision, but don't nobody want to talk about it because everybody want to hide it. Everybody want to act like this don't exist, or they want to down the younger women when they come into church. Because they're like, well, you need to dress better, put more clothes on or whatever, whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, well, first of all, if I got a dress on with a collar up to my neck and, and the hemline down to my ankles, that's going to be more intriguing to brother so-and-so anyway because he can't see what I got. And my grandfather told me that a man likes a woman. He, a man chases after a woman who presents him a challenge. So when he can't see everything He's going after what he can't see because right. he's intrigued. So while you upset that Latoya down the body con dresser came to church, you need to be worried about Phyllis behind her with the skirt on to her knees all the way down to her ankles and the collar up to her neck because he knows something we don't know. Why you got to name the people? But it's real though. I do. I think this is so important because one thing, as I was really going through my journey of becoming, you know, the purity after promiscuity, and again, I still was like, Lord, that's not funny. You know what I'm saying? When He first gave me that name for the podcast to be that, I was so embarrassed. I'm gonna be honest. I was embarrassed because I was like, You want me to put my dirty laundry on the streets for real? Like that's what you really, you really want me to do that? And he began to talk to me about how so many women have struggled in an area or have struggled in a similar way. And then even when you try to go to the church, so many times they judge you and they mishandle you and they hurt you and they condemn you and they demonize you and they don't really take you under their wing and they don't teach you and they don't, they don't help you. You know, they don't love on you. They don't tell you why you shouldn't dress a certain way. They don't explain things to you. They don't give you that, that hope that they're, that, you can't overcome, that you can't make better choices. But here's the thing. The scripture in the Bible says one planet, another water, and God gives the increase. Absolutely. So the very thing that you're trying to, that you're trying to, that, okay, let's talk about me. So I, I get, I catch hell. 
I get, I catch all the smoke. I do. Because a lot of people want to change me. A lot of people um, want to strip me. A lot of people want Thank me to be something that I'm not. And, um, and it's like, I can't. At, at one point in time, I had, Carlotta would tell you, at one point in time, I had red. And I'm talking about true red, blood red, mm-hmm. red, dreadlocks. And everybody was just like, oh, my God. Like, you need to change your hair color. You can't come into church like that. People wanted me to take my tongue ring out. People wanted me to take my – and I was like, I don't feel convicted. Like, right. God has not convicted me to take yeah. this off. And yeah. I'll never forget the one day that I was getting ready to do that, and when I was when I was getting ready to just change everything, it brought me so much grief and so much mm-hmm. anguish. And I'll never forget my aunt called me and said to me, she said, listen, until the Holy Ghost convicts you, yeah. stay the way that you are. Because the very thing they're trying to strip off of you is the God thing that you use to Come pull on. people in. So on. when she said that, I thought about it. But when we go to the grocery store, when you go to the grocery store, do you when you walk in, is there a Christian section and then a secular section? No, ma'am. No. When you go... To buy your kids' clothes and buy your clothes, is there a save section and a center section? No. No. So while you downing me about what I got on, you want me to put on this three-piece, four-piece, five-piece suit and burn the hell up in because it looked holy and godly, somebody else came and bought that same suit and they wore it to the cabaret. Now, what's holy? My life or the suit? But that's the, that's the part, though. That's what we got to, like, do I believe that there is, you know, a, a certain honor? There is a way to, right, right. You, should, you, should, you should dress modestly. You should but know what, you should like know you how. Said. You grow into that, though, yes, right? You don't, you don't start off Listen, like that. You I'm grow not, into yeah. that. And, and you Listen, can't, I'm people be, can't force you to change. Right. God, when you're at the, God always knows when you're ready to do something, right? you He will gently, you know what I'm saying, lovingly take you clean through a process up. and clean you up. And what, what I notice about God, if I'm all the way honest, I don't think he too much addresses you on the outside first. He always goes into the inner, right? Yeah. He always wants to deal with what's really happening. He wants to go into the soul and do the root work. That's why David said he restores my soul, right? Because even David was right. known as a man after God's own heart. But we know that he was an adulterer. We know he was a whole murderer. Look what sex right. made David do. And I'm so David, glad. Listen. Nothing. And sex took over David so much so he looking over and seeing Bathsheba. She must have been so fine. He got right. a he, he, get he was supposed to be a- just so he could have a woman. And he was supposed to be at, at the war with her husband. He would have never he seen her on the right. he So he wasn't but. supposed to be where he was. And the thing of it is, is this. I'm glad you brought that scripture up because I, I taught on it a little bit in Bible study where I, I made a statement and I said, the reason why David was a man after God's own heart was because not was because of one thing. Because he was a shepherd tending his father's sheep. He out in the field all day long with the sheep. He had to learn something, right? He developed a relationship with God at an early age. So he knew how to get in God's presence and how to worship. That's why he was a man after God's own heart because he spent time with God when he was in the field with his father, tending his father's sheep. Now, what I love about that whole David's whole life story is that 
even David in all of his adulterous, whoremongering ways, he knew still how to get into the face of God. Absolutely. To the point that even when when the when the child was still alive, he was all mourning. He was praying and fasting. He was petitioning God. When that baby died, he got up and he washed his face or whatever the service and everybody was looking at him like, wait a minute, you got this backwards. No, he understood at that moment. God, my God is sovereign, and He and can he do made whatever a choice that He's just. Exactly. He's just because so, he had a he had an understanding of the character of God. See, some God, people exactly. don't know the character don't of God. Know, because exactly. if you know the character of God, if you really read your Bible, you will notice the pattern of God. He used broken people. Ain't no not one person wife. that he used was perfect. The only perfect person in the entire Bible was Jesus. And even Jesus. though Job was righteous and he was the most righteous in all the earth, there was still something that had to be unrighteous about him because he was still born in sin. He was still born after the fall. He still okay. was not perfect. And so God doesn't, he's not looking for a perfect person. He's looking for your heart posture. And David you know had the heart posture right. after God. You're right. And the thing that nobody's acts are perfect. Nobody's acts are perfect. But I will say that there's I believe and this is me, so don't nobody on this live stone me, but if you do come for me, please know what you're coming for. Okay? Um I believe that the I believe that the temperature, the tenderness of David's heart was perfect. It probably was perfectly perfect. Right. And the reason why I say that is because that's gotta be perfect gotta be perfect in order for his posture to be the way that it was. Because that meant that David was so sensitive that he could feel God. David David understood God in such a manner that even when he had the opportunity to kill Saul because he was standing right next to Saul in the cave. He had the, he had the, he had, he was right there, the perfect opportunity to take his life. But because David understood God and his heart was so right in, 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 in the area that it needed to be in, even David understood that it was not his right to take Saul out so he didn't do it. David understood, God, like you said, God's character, but he really understood God's sovereignty. He mm -hmm. understood that yeah. God, we serve a sovereign God who can do whatever he wants to, when he wants to, how he wants to, and that's what we got to understand. We, it's, we get so caught up in, oh, I know the names of God, and I can quote all these scriptures, but do you know the character of the God you serve? Do you know that he's sovereign? Well, first sovereign? of all, Jesus said, you gonna, people going to come and say, Lord, we cast all demons in your name. We heal people in your name. And you gotta want, you gotta understand who the audience of the Bible is. It's for believers. So we're not talking about sinners. He's not referring to sinners there. And he right. said, and I'm gonna say, but I never knew you. Depart from me. Depart from right? Me. You work of iniquity. Because your works is not what is making you holy. Your works is not what is causing you to, to know the nature and character of God. It is 
like you said, David was in the pasture alone, doing what he was called to do, being a shepherd. But in that alone, intimate time, it was him and God. It was a one-on-one, like, you got to go back to the Garden of Eden. That's how Adam was before Eve was created. Adam and God, nobody else. He was able to be in God's presence. He had total total communion with God. He had total oneness with God. The the death that happened in the garden was the death of that oneness. Now we're right. trying to get back to that place of oneness. That's what this whole walk is that, about. That, that thing right there that y'all keep talking about, though, is in simple term, y'all, is discipline and obedience. So right. so his ability to stay where he needed to stay, he was called a king before his time, right? So right. a lot of us would say, I ain't trying to be no little person out here in the field. They said I was a king. I'm going right now. David understood the assignment. He understood that at the end of the day, in his time, he would do the things he needed to do. And so he understood, like, you know, being in the garden, taking care of the sheep, whatever that required, because it's so many things that had to be done in private. He had to kill the bear, the, 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 who, any, anybody, anything that came against the sheep in anything, it, it wasn't going to happen. Because David understood in his obedience what his assignment was. And so even when he went to fight Goliath, right, it wasn't, he didn't go when you started talking about that, that posture of our heart. It, it was the fact that he went in his name. He didn't go right. in his own name. He didn't go saying, oh, I'm about to go up here and do this because I want to be, I want to be the king and I want this and I want that. It was, it was purely his obedience and his understanding that he fought and did things in the presence of God for God. It was about, it wasn't yeah. about anybody else. It wasn't about the, what he could get from it. He understood, you know, what they were saying, but he didn't do it because of that. He couldn't believe that it was, and we just had an experience, Courtney, where I called you crying saying, like, I can't believe that people can't believe, right? Like, I can't believe that they don't understand that God can do anything but fail. And so David was like, y'all really running? Like, who is like, this? Y'all really running? Like, who is this? The armies of the who, you ain't God. nobody? Like, like literally. And, and he understood that not only would he show up, but he was going to show up as himself with what he used to protect the sheep. And so literally he understood discipline. He understood obedience. He understood even in opportunities where he could do harm to people, he understood what God was saying to him. And so that's why when we talk about, you know, getting away from certain people, when we when we hear from God and we don't want to do it because we haven't denied ourselves enough, we haven't sat with God enough. And so, you know, we we always think about how people be like, well, we, we need more than where you do because we don't live by bread alone. But at the end of the day, we need it all. We need it. Yes. We need the to make sure that we have yeah, the word. Have we balance. need to make sure that we sacrifice. We need to make sure that we create a balance between home, family, church. We need to make sure that if we find ourselves doing anything too much, that we back up from it. We need to make sure that all of those things are put into perspective. So if you start looking at, even in the word, this is how people get lost in the word and they lose their mind. Because when you try to understand every single piece of the Bible, it, it, like, and okay, well, how does this mind anyway. You can't do it, right? Mm-hmm. And so literally, or even like the comparison, because it's places in the Bible where you look at one thing and look at another and be like, well, dang, what is that saying? Or how You can't do that. You have to balance things out. And even when you're trying to correct things in your life, it has to have a balance. If I think about all the bad things that I've done, of course I can't walk upright. 
Of course I can't move forward in a healthy way because my mindset ain't shifting. But if my mindset is saying, this is what God wants from me, this is what God requires of me, even when I mess up, even when I fall short, even when David, you know, committed adultery, even when David, you know, got somebody killed based off of the fact of what his desire was, if, when you do those things, you are able to still come back to God and say, listen, I messed up, mm-hmm. but this is me. Right. Here I am. This is Carlotta, like, God, not my mom, not my dad, this is Carlotta, I messed up, I need you, I don't know how to get out of this, and so whether it's sex, whether it's drugs, whether it's relationships, whether it's depression, whatever it is, we have to be able to lay it down on a regular basis, and when we don't do it, you know, for me right now, I struggle with my kids being adults and just like the decisions and me seeing some of the things. And so I'm like, listen, I'm going to lay that thing down every day until I don't got to pick it up no more. And so Come I don't want to have to do that every day. But the reality is if, I, if I'm lying to myself, I can walk around and say stuff don't bother me, but it would be a lie. So now I'm carrying exactly. something and I'm making decisions based off of what's going on in my mind and in my soul when I can just give it to God in the morning. And if I got to give it to him two, three times, that's yes. what I'm going to do. Because it exactly. would ever be. And I'm glad you said that. Even in right. and I'm, that's I'm glad you said that. It's the same principle. It's a principle. Exactly. It is. It is. It that's is. what it is. It's the principle. David understood the principle. He reverenced God. He had a healthy, which is a fear. The Bible says the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, which means you have a reverence. You have a revelation of who God is. You have a revelation of his sovereignty. You have a revelation of his goodness. You have a revelation of his discipline, his correction. You have a revelation of God, and you are willingly submitting yourself so you're coming under the mission of God and and, and who he is as the head. Right. And so it's it's just to be applied in every area. It's like once you it's like when you when you create a blueprint, if you create a business and you get the strategy and the blueprint, you can reproduce that thing and everything and you can succeed. So if you get the blueprint, if you get the principle and it could be it could deviate a little bit. So maybe for for somebody, they may have to pray three times a day. They may have to X, Y and Z. Right. But if that's the principle. And it's lining up with the word, and it's what's going to keep you. If you work you it, stay it with the principle. Cool. Don't deviate. Yeah. Don't do what somebody, what Sister Joe Blow, Susie Q doing. You know what I'm saying? Right. So what? She, she's graced. God has graced. Each and every last one of us is graced to get by with something that somebody else can't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because what might kill might kill me. You might can walk straight through that, and and, and and your grace with that. And I'm so glad that that you know that that you brought it up, Carlotta, because uh, and, and because it takes it all the way back in. I brought up that whole thing to you know for for the point of of going to hear your what what who's ever going to watch this and listen to this and hear this. I want them to understand this when you truly are tired and you repent and you know that you can't make it without God and you cry out to him no matter like Carlotta said how many times you have to tell him tell him because he rather you tell him 30 times in two hours than for you not to come and talk to him and suffer because he said he's never leaving us nor will he forsake us he's with us all the way to the ends of the earth he's even in the boat with us 
when we're in the midst of some stuff, and sometimes you don't want to think about it like that, but the truth is just the truth anyhow. You can do it. You can make it. Yes. Forgive yourself. Except, first of all, look at it and accept it. Because, yes. baby, it is what it is. It is what your, whatever your platter is on the table, it's yours. I got a buffet, okay? I'm going to put that listen. out there. I got a buffet platter. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Because I say all the time, I tell people all the time, I pick and choose what I want to plant in the ground because only I know what harvest I can eat. Amen. So listen. some stuff I ain't trying to eat. And I tell people all the time, well, why are you putting that in the ground? Make sure you custom get your salt, your pepper, your hot sauce, your seasoning sauce, your steak sauce, whatever condiments you need to help you wash that down because you're going to need that. Because when you put, the minute you put that seed in the ground, you've got to understand that that's a harvest that's coming back and ain't nobody else privy to eat that but you. And so, therefore, be careful what you plant in the ground because if you can't eat it, don't you plant it. I used to tell my children this. I tell my ch- and they're all grown now. I tell I used to tell them all the time: make good, clear, conscious decisions that you can live with for the rest of your life. Because if it's a decision you cannot live with, then that's a, that right there is an indication that that's something that you should not be doing. But right. if you can deal with it and you're okay with it, by all means. Put it in the ground, bury it deep, and reap the harvest from years to come because that's what you're going to do. And so for people who feel like they are damnable because of what they have done, listen, let me tell y'all something. What you're looking at right here, you're looking at a girl who was exposed to oral sex at seven years old. You're looking at a woman, you're looking at a, 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 a woman who was raped by her neighbor who I grew up with in church at 15 on my front porch. Then you turn around and you're looking at me being raped again at 21 at five months pregnant with my babies. Okay? So I there's a lot of stuff that I, I understand, but I thank God that there were certain gates that because I grew up in church and because my grandmother was a, 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 a pastor and because I grew up with a with 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 the long line of pastors, preachers, teachers, and prophets and stuff. Because the word was in me, I understood that there were certain gates not to open. There were certain doors not to open. So I was always afraid to open certain doors because I knew because I saw demons being cast out of people. So I that's how I grew up. So some stuff I was shielded from and then other stuff I had to catch later on down the road because I just wanted to be grown. I wanted to experience life and I couldn't understand, God, why couldn't I just be born in a family that like to kick it instead of waking up to you everybody. Don't want that. Doing- Trust me. Listen, wait a minute. But but that's what I used to say because I used to, I, I didn't wake up to, to domestic violence and stuff like that. I woke up to Hearing prayer meetings downstairs oh, in the living room. My God. Yeah. You don't know. And, listen, and, let me tell you something, Courtney. I ask God all the time. Like, Lord, why? What did I do to you that you succeed <laughs> in this family with these crazies? What did I do? Like, what am I now, supposed to do with this? My daddy people was wild. I had a family that was praying and worshiping and going to church and I was waking up to worship music and, and the Bible. I wish I saw a Bible growing up. Maybe because maybe I could have asked wow. questions about it to see what it was. Wow. Maybe I would have picked it but up. See, now I don't even but recall see, ever listen, seeing one. But see listening to your testimony and you tell about that, then you now they can see two total opposites. 
yours and then mine. And then I, and then listening and to you, say, I, in between. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you right there in the middle. You in the middle. I had everything. I had I had people who were saved. I had, had the both of both worlds. Uh, yeah, I mean, I had people who were saved. My my grandmother, who uh, my father's mom, she was saved. She was the real saved. She was for the real deal. She lived what she talked about at church. My other grandmother went to church all the time, but that ain't the grandma I seen when I got home. You know what I mean? It was we literally. She went to church every Sunday. She went to Bible study, and I it, I'm not gonna say the other part, but it was some pastors that I seen with my aunties that I know wasn't supposed to be with them. So it was like I seen everything, you know, and then you got my father was a pimp. My mom believed in marriage. It was it just was confusing as heck because everybody was doing a little bit of everything and I couldn't find my place. And so mm. you think about all those things and that's how you fall back into those gates of just trying to do something to right. make you feel like you okay, to make you and feel like why. you accept it, to make you feel like you can get through it or whatever that right. thing help you feel. Y'all, it's right. midnight. Is it? And y'all not about to um, oh, have listen, this, is, this, so is, this, this was start, good. We started after 10 o'clock, but yeah, we, we will uh, wrap it up. Y'all got to do this again because, I mean, we are. there's generations that hurt It's actually a series that God put in my heart. Um, honestly, he just dropped it in my spirit to start it um, because these are conversations that need to be had. Um, because people really need to know the truth. People need to yeah. be able to to know they're not alone, to see hope. People need to, you know, be able to know, you know, how do we navigate things? Well, how they do, need to know how, church, how and they need to know church. They need to know. Life. They need to know there are some real church people. There who've been some, through this, absolutely. They need, really and they need to know it. that God loves them regardless of whatever Man. your past is. Your past is. No matter how ugly it is, no matter what the worst of the worst thing you think you could have did, the Bible tells us that His His love covers a multitude of sins, right? And so yes. if if we if because guess what, everybody not going into the walls of the church. Some people no. the only church they gonna see is the people who you got know. grace to get on a platform like social media and begin to speak truth, right? So we we always have to allow God to use us, and it's not, it may not be everybody's calling, but when you know God is speaking to you, because look how look at the time we're living in. Look at the time we're living in right now. Like it's 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 so important all, to we're get ready truth. to truth. We're getting ready to come to a point where we're getting ready to come to a point where if you for all those that's comfortable, COVID nineteen should have taught people something. COVID nineteen leveled the playing field. It made everybody, there was nobody having no church service nowhere. Everybody's relationship got called on the carpet. Now, here's what I will say. For those who was doing all that yapping, yeah, that's why I don't go to church no way. Guys took away their excuse. Now, what's your excuse that you don't know me because the COVID-19 came in? Ain't no church taking your money now because ain't nobody having church. So, therefore, what's your problem? Oh, okay, so you just don't want to serve me. The other thing or is, two, is, I think it's church to... hurt. I think some people have went to church and they went to you know to church and they encountered hurt people and hurt but what, people. Hurt right, people. But what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is, when COVID nineteen came and the doors was closed and everybody started shutting their churches down, you didn't, you can't, you that excuse of that's why I don't go to church. You can't use that no more because now, at, at that point, wasn't no churches open. So it's you got easy access to go get you a Bible, open it up, and just start talking to them. But then for those who don't even know that you can do that, 
I went through something last year. Carlotta was very instrumental in in being there for me. When I lost my dad last year, my everything, my whole foundation was shaken. All I had was that. I was jacked up. You hear me? And I'll never forget in the midst of that turmoil, I literally, because I know his voice, I literally heard him say, start praying for other people that's going through what you're going through right now who don't know that they can talk to me, who don't know me at all. And I'm, and so when I started doing it, people was like, well, you, you can't be doing that. You already hurt. No, my strength and my healing started coming from when I started doing that. So every time I had a panic attack or an anxiety attack and I was crying, I was praying for other people. And so what you're doing is you're restoring back the truth and the foundation to young women and young men that, listen, I know you've been raped. I know you've been molested. I know you probably feel discarded. I know you probably are addicted to this. I know you probably are addicted to that. But hold on. Don't give up. You can make it through. It's okay. You're not, you're, listen, it, even with all your baggage, I just sent Carlotta a, a TikTok today where a guy did an example with a suitcase and a, and a, 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 a rope. And he threw the suitcase out into the river and he said, that's your baggage. And as long as you stay connected to the stores, no matter how far you go, the stores can pull you back in. Yeah, the source will pull fact. you back in with your baggage. Exactly. So with the people with the baggage of being raped, the baggage of being molested, the baggage of being addicted to porn, the baggage of, di- of being addicted to molestation, the baggage of having thoughts of, of, of same-sex relationships, you know. Or even doing it. Baggage. Or even exactly. doing it. You can be restored from that, too. Exactly. Exactly. Because the thing that people, I really want you to understand is, is that God does not say nowhere in the Bible that he hates the people. What he said is, I hate the act. Absolutely. So, if you've ever been told that God hates you and you're going to hell, no. God loves you because you are his and he wants you to be on, to come in. He just hates the action. And not just that action, but he hates the action of murder. He hates the action Lying. of burglary. He hates, exactly. You know, so cheating, all you know. It's all his parents. It's all the same in his eyes. And we do, we do a poor job sometimes in the, um, in the church of, like there's some kind of hierarchy of sin, right? And we, and we tend to want to demonize one sin over another. Like, oh, okay, your sin, because your sin is worse than mine. It's like, no, every sin is None of us, hey, y'all, what are y'all doing? Anyway. Girl, that's uh, cooking. Hungry, because you've been on the thing since 9 o'clock. They don't, I just oh, well, to tell you they know what time it is, though. But my kids, they so used to this lifestyle, you know, because this is what I do <laughs> on a regular basis. You know, like, so even if it's just my time with God and I'm spending hours, Amen. they understand what it is. And they cool. But, you know, here's the thing. God loves people so much that he put people like us in front of a camera. You know what I'm saying? Who could be transparent and who could tell our testimonies. 
and who can really bring healing and bring restoration to some of these areas that have gotten so people so paralyzed and so wounded and so stuck in a place where they feel like it's no hope, right? The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. We've got a lot of people who are out here whose heart is sick because they feel like there's no hope when the church is supposed to be the very epitome of hope. But because you got people who are unhealed and you got people, you know, who um, have this judgmental mindset, you you can encounter a person. And you get and you get hurt, and now you don't and you don't know how to separate the person from God, and so oftentimes God catches the brunt of, or Jesus catches the brunt of a human being's actions, and so now yeah. we so have we blame, we blame everything on God, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think me and my daughter were just talking about it today. Like we can get hurt at work, and it's okay. We go back to work. We can get hurt at our boyfriend. Oh, my God, do we get hurt at our boyfriend's house, and we go right back. We get hurt with our friends. We still go kick it with them. They betray us. We still go kick it with them. We get hurt by somebody at church or the usher that told us to sit somewhere we ain't want to sit, and now we ain't you going, ain't going, to going back, to back to church. And so it just really ain't um, – it's just really not okay. Like, there yeah. is hurt everywhere because it's life, and we're human beings. So even that usher – at the door was a human being. Maybe she was too aggressive, but maybe she was also following the instructions of the leader of the house because you don't know what she was told. So, you know, you think about all of those things, but I think that to me, when you talk about love covers a multitude of sin, love covers us, love love keeps us, love doesn't keep record of wrongdoing. I think that we get into this position where we think that we can, um, What's the word? That we got to, like, do the, do some work. We got to, like, do something more some to, to make God love us more. But God right. loves us. We don't have to do right all of that. So we don't have to have sex with nobody to make him love us. We don't have to do all that extra work. God really loves us. He really sincerely loves us. And it be people in our life that love us the same way. Sometimes we miss it because we be so wounded thinking everybody wants something different. But at the end of the day, we, we really be thinking that we got to do so much to make people love us, and it, and it really ain't the case. We really don't. We really have to grow in ourselves, be comfortable with ourselves, but it's the enemy's job to steal, kill, and destroy. So he steals our mindset. He steals the fact that God loves us. He steals the right. fact that at the end of the day, you done been through this, and you just think everybody, I'm just by myself. Girl, so many, one out of, one out of I'm sorry, Four out of five people have been through mental health issues, depression, anxiety. Like, it just, so there's no way you're in it by yourself. It's not possible. If anything, there's less people who ain't never been through it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? There's so many people who's been through depression. When I went through an experience of domestic violence, I'm telling, I'm talking to somebody, and they're like, oh, me too. I'm like, well, dang, you never talked about this ever. You never, ever said You've been through nothing. <laughs> you done been married to this it's man. The, it's the facade. It's the you ain't never told me. You know? Right. And so literally, we, we have to remember, yes, to talk about this stuff because at the end of the day, people feel alone. People feel broken. Some of it start when we're younger. But at the end of the day, we grow up and we just it get worse and worse because if we don't learn right. to release those things, yeah. we continue to grow in them. And so now, whatever we were doing, like for me, overcompensating everybody it just grew in every single area of my life and so because of that now I'm just trying to to do all these actions because I'm thinking that I can work for it for love and I can if I love you harder you go love me harder back that ain't real either right and so I it's a song and it says um 
I wasn't holding you up, so there's no way to let you down. Mm. I went, I went, like, that's literally, that's like, that's I, I, gyro. That's gyro. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, God loves us regardless. He loved us before he, before we even were here. He formed us. He created us. He knew us. And so we don't got to do, um, it really ain't even no action that could get you into heaven or like that, right? But we do have to abide in his word. And that's what I mean when I say we really just have to have a balance because on one end, ain't no action that can be like, oh, you just do this one action and you go into heaven, right? But you do got to be obedient to his word. And so we have to find balance in everything. And sometimes that's difficult because the enemy wants us to feel alone. When we get into situations, when we get into to, to divorces or being molested or being raped or our daughters going through experiences experiences that we don't want to talk about or our kids experiencing things that we don't want to talk about our adult children going through stuff that we don't want to talk about so now here the enemy got us sitting by ourselves like well dang I, I tried but my son ain't doing this my daughter ain't doing this I don't understand why my kid won't work I don't understand why my so-and-so on drugs or so-and-so we think that we're by ourselves but there's nothing that you go through that somebody else hasn't been through nothing Nothing. The mere fact that we can look in this Bible and find somebody that had an issue from the same issues that we're living with right now, there's, there's nothing, nothing new under the sun. That hasn't existed already. There's nothing it's new so, under the sun. We're not tested beyond what's common to man, you know. Nothing. But even in the even in the temptation, God provides a way of escape because there's nothing new under the sun. No, they're not. There's no new sins being birthed. Okay, there's none. none. There's no That's, new sins. There's no, you know what I'm saying? There's no new bad right. behaviors. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just, a, it's, it just sometimes may take a new face, a new form, but it's, it, it's the same root, right? And so we That's just got to do better. Example. We just got to do better at um, being honest. You know, loving we got to do be better at loving on people, truly loving people um, unconditionally. And not to say we condone sin, especially as believers, because we know we don't condone it. However, you still got to love the person and hate the sin because it's yes, not right. the, the, the sin is not the person. And that's the thing we get twisted a lot. We look at a person and we may say, OK, they may be homosexual. So they're homosexual. No, they live in a homosexual lifestyle. Right. 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 But. Exactly. They're, they're separate, right? Because they can be delivered from that homosexuality, but they're still that person who God created them to be. And we gotta stop demonizing people and and really look at the real culprit, right? The real culprit is the enemy who sold a seed somewhere. The you, know, real culprit, you know what we gotta do? Look at ourselves. Because while we throwing them rocks and stones at this person that's doing whatever, we gotta look at ourselves. It, it's so many of us that be like that that demonize somebody else's behavior. But then if it's us or our children or our husband or our wife, we wanna make it all right. We wanna be like, yeah. Oh well, she been through this and that's why she do it. But that person over there, they just do it because you don't know. So you gotta look at your blot out your own eye. Do do it for yourself. Take first. the plank out your own eye first, uh. Thank you, Nate. Thank you. Let, let Thank you. Be the first to cast the stone. We can't cast stones. We can't do it. We have to look at ourselves. I could be transparent enough to say, and Carlotta, Carlotta knows because I called her Tuesday night. <laughs> your girl. What you did? Your girl right here. This girl right here. This girl right here. What did you do? That's how I started the conversation. Because I want to know. Tuesday night, all the way Tuesday night, all the way up until yesterday afternoon, I got 
I got tried, I got tried in something that triggered. And when I say I was volatile mad, I think I murdered somebody about a thousand times with my thoughts and my words. And that's a real thing. And you have to repent of that. Why? Because what did Jesus say? He said, if you even look at a woman, if a man looks at a woman and he lusts after her, he has already committed adultery. The Bible tells us that envy is as jealous, it, jealousy is as envy, and envy is as wrath. Wrath is as murder. Listen, so you, I was that angry. I was my when I say my when I say my soul was set on fire. I was mad. I was so mad. I literally told Carlotta. I said, "Listen, if I run up on her." I'm going to slap God. I'm going to snatch. I, listen, I told her, I said, I'm going to snatch going her skeleton out of her muscle mass. And you was mad, man. You was big man. At her But guess what? The, you know, <laughs> why don't we even normalize our real feelings and emotions in the moment? Yeah. You know so, what I'm saying? Like, so why, don't we, why don't we be okay with the fact, like, something happened to me and I'm having a natural response to it, right? Correct. What the Bible says is be angry and sin not. It don't say don't be angry. Yeah. No, it don't say and don't that, be angry. It say be angry but sin not, right? So we exactly. got to keep things in perspective. Like, to think that because you're saved and a believer and you love God and you're walking with God and you're not going to ever, you know, feel angry, you know, or feel certain different emotions god obviously if we're made in the image of god and in his likeness right and how many times can you read in the bible you know and it talks about how he his, was, wrath, you know, his wrath or his anger or he's even telling he's jealous he tells you he's jealous he holds jealous he's like listen here you don't serve no other gods but me because i am a fiercely jealous god so that lets us know that god he feels he has emotions and he has exactly. feelings so to deny yourself of that part of you is like denying yeah. yourself of, of a part of god because we're created as emotional beings. We should just have emotional stability. We should have emotional intelligence. We should know how to handle the emotion, to feel it in the moment, to acknowledge it in the moment, and then we should know how to release it, right? That is, Listen, that is, that be the problem. We hold on to it. We hold on to it, and we keep it in, and then it begins to fester, and it begins to, you know, corrupt our soul, and, you know, we get overtaken now with bitterness. Well, well that's because we don't have the right people around us still. Yeah. We, we want to keep everybody around us that's going to agree with our bullcrap. We want to keep people around us that say that they, the truth, because they talk loud, and they always ready to fight, or because they always got something to say about everything. And it's just really not anything that's going to help us grow. And so in this moment, and, I, and I'm not going to at all share what Courtney was talking about, but it was just like, okay, Courtney, listen, you're allowed to feel whatever you want to feel. But um, who you mad at? You know what I mean? And so you got to really deal with why you mad. Okay, I can live with that. Cry, pout, scream, go to bed. <laughs> Read your word, pray, go to bed. I mean, it just is the reality. I'm not about to say, all right, well, come get me so we can go fight her. Like, come on now, we over 40 years old. Like, it just it's still people who be like 40 and 50, like, your girl call you because she mad because of whatever that happened or a conversation or whatever happens. And then you talking about you about to go fight somebody, girl. No, I'm not. I'm really not. I'm not about to do that. So right. it's, it's just really like when I was 20, you could get me on that. But yeah. I'm not yeah. 20, and I'm not doing that. And so, you know, we'd be like, well, that's just like you said, that's just who I am. No, we got to grow up. Goodell, grow exactly. up. Grow and up. Listen, 
the lesson I learned in that is this. Carlotta will tell you, as quick as I was on a thousand, all of a sudden I said, you know what? I ain't about to do this. I'm going to bed. <laughs> see, but look, but see, she, she put it in your spirit and she said it. You know, and she said, listen, you need to feel what you're going to feel and go to bed. And look, you came to the conclusion for well, yourself, though. Well, the thing is, is that, I mean, we was in the, we was talking, Aaron, when I tell you, I was like gone. And then all of a sudden I was down. And then I was cool. And then all day yesterday, that thing, well, all day the next day on Wednesday, that thing festered. And I was, I was hot all over again. And I was hot all the way until. I got to all day during work, and while, when I was at work, the thing that got me was this. God started talking to me. He said, talk to me. Come to me with your anger. I can handle it. Ooh, your he anger will talk about that part, though. Yes, he, he, like, he will say that. He will anger, say something. Nothing. I can handle your anger. I'm okay. I'm okay. You cool. You can come and talk to me and tell me exactly how you feel. And listen, then I got eaten. Now, then, now how you get mad because now I'm mad because I'm talking to God about it and he's breaking me down. Yeah. <laughs> because that's what he do. It's like how you do for one of your kids. You know what I'm saying? God is, so, God is gentle and he yeah. is calm. Right. And so um, it's funny, but Courtney, Courtney said this the other day, but so many people have said this to me, like when they be talking to me about something that's getting them so hype and I'll be like, okay, well, <laughs> you got to just, hey, you feel that? I'm sorry. You know, whatever it is, but you got to calm down. Um, but today might not be the day you calm down. So yeah. today, can you just pray about it? And look at me, I be journal. You know, I'm a therapist, y'all, so I'll be like, journal. I love the journal. Go, go I have journals everywhere. I go love take to a journal. Walk. But at the end of the day, it's the same way that God handles us. He's a calm guy. And so, yes, he can handle what we feel, but he ain't about to tell you to go kill her. You know what I'm saying? And so at the he end might of the say day, pray for it, listen, he definitely going to say that, right? And so um, we have to learn to deal with people who is the same way. We, we can't keep dealing with people who want us to stay stuck in the position that we were in when we were 19. Listen, I was a total fool, total fool. And so there's no way that I would want to be the same person that I was when I was 19 years old. I said, listen, I done, and this is for real deal, but I just done did a lot of things that I'm not proud of. I done ran some out the road. So I'm just like, yeah, no, that was really me. And so that's why I always say it's a Paul and the saw in all of us. And so I can accept my stuff that there's somebody else who might be going through an experience and somebody keep trying to do it, Carmen, y'all, but who might be going through an experience and they need to understand you don't got to be like that. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do it. At the end of the day, you are allowed to be mad. You are allowed to be sad. You are allowed to be frustrated. You even can tell the person whatever it is you feel, right? Get it off your chest. Say what you got to say. But when you get done doing that, it's time for you to move forward. Don't right. say Get something. Up from the, exactly. Get up from the table. Get up from the table. Sometimes, you know, that takes a, a level of maturity, but that also takes a level of being healed because some people thrive off that negative energy, right, or hold it on to those negative emotions because they feel like they have a sense of control 
or it's a defense mechanism. You know, some people like right. to hold grudges. You know what I'm saying? Like we, you know, so at the end of the day, we're all on a journey. We're all on right. a journey, and that journey may look different, but we may all have similar experiences. The but the bottom line is, it don't matter how you start. It don't matter how it's jacked how up you start was. It don't matter how jacked up you was. It don't matter how jacked up you feel the deck that you was handed was. It don't matter what how far off you got off course. It don't yeah. matter. There is nothing too hard for God. There is no situation that he can't heal. heal. There's no situation that he can't cover. There's no situation he can't Perfect. redeem. There's none. Like, I, it doesn't matter. You know, we started the podcast off talking about is it worth the wait? Um, and I want to make sure we leave on that just, you know, for continuity. But, you know, a lot of times you feel like because you started off and you was out here, you know, doing your one-two. And you was out here, you know, and you was, hey, you was having a good old time. And you feel like you get to a space where you feel like you get so far, so in, so deep in to where it ain't, it don't need why. Why, why should I stop now? You know, I didn't did it all this time. I didn't did it with all this many people. I didn't, you know, right. I, and you get, and you start to just want to settle in that place. And I'm like, no, sister, you don't got to settle in that place. I don't care. Like, it don't matter. There's nothing God cannot redeem, that he can't restore. There's nothing God can't do and that he won't use. He'll take the very thing that brings you the most pain, the most shame. And I'm speaking from experience because I used to live in fear, fear that would paralyze me, that somebody would find out about my past. Fear, fear that people would find out I had abortions. More than one, okay? fear, right? Fear that people will find out that I dibbled and dabbled in same-sex um, sex. You know what I'm saying? Fear. I lived in whole fear. I wore a mask. I just held my breath, you know, just just always on pins and needles and so paranoid, thinking like, oh my gosh, they're going to find out about me. Oh my gosh, they're going to judge me. They ain't going to set me. They ain't going to, you know, they're going to reject me. They're going to talk about me. You know, all of these things, right? I, I went through, oh, how many men I done been with? That was the dreadful question. Like, I wish I, I couldn't stand meeting a new dude. You know what I'm saying? And you know, you know, not all, but some of them, it's going to come up. The question yeah. is coming up. They yeah. inquiring minds want to know. So how many men you been with? You know what I mean? Lies I done told. Lord, I need to repent. I told a lot of lies. Please forgive well, me, Lord. Because I, I was so embarrassed. My dad taught me better than they ever tell that kind of business. At the end of the day, how many women you been with? Correct. 
I don't have that privilege because I didn't been there. And I and know, know what that bondage is like. I know Janelle, what that I gotta, is. I got to say that while you're right there because I forget, right? When you talk about how you feel about your past and how you feel about yourself, and then going back to my thoughts, y'all know I'm a therapist, right? But you go back to them thoughts about you. It's like, you know, I wish I was a fam- in a family where there was a Bible. I wish I was in a family where. And so what happens is all those things build exactly how we treat God. I, I learned about myself a couple months ago that all this time I love God, and while I trust him with everything else, it's a, it's a lot of things about me that I feel like God go answer everybody else, but he might not. He might answer me. He might not answer me because he ain't really that responsive, right? Because you know, I treat God like my natural father because my father wasn't responsive to me. Yes. My mother wasn't responsive to yes. me. And so now here I'm saying my family wasn't responsive to me. My friendship circles wasn't responsive to me. And so I'm treating God like my friendship circles. I'm treating God like yes. my parents treated me. And so yes. a lot of times we have those feelings because the root goes back to our conception. The root goes back to our parents. The root goes back to yes. all the things we felt as children. So as a child, you felt like it wasn't enough. As a child, you felt like all those things were coming together and you didn't quite understand why everybody was a little bit crazy or why everybody didn't fit or why why, why you didn't fit in the equation and where Ooh, would you that fit, was right? really hard. And so now who you are trying to figure out who God is, but you don't know how he fits. You don't know how he fits because right. at the end of the day, who gave it to you? Who showed you? Who helped you understand? Who helped you understand how he fits into your world or how he is, you know, omnipresent, how he can heal you, how he can – no, anybody showed you that. And so now you learn it on your own. And, and then we take it for granted very often when we do have parents who pray, when we do have parents who teach us the word of God because then we just feel like, you know, I, I've had talked to my God sister like where I felt like I had to be perfect because her parents were both ministers. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so it's like – you you never know what somebody is experiencing. If we just take the time to love ourselves a little bit better, we would we would be okay with somebody else not being perfect. Because we not Ooh. perfect. It ain't it ain't yes. you know, be like, oh I'm so happy, oh I'm so this, I'm so that, but you so mad about whatever <laughs> somebody else got going on. I don't understand that. I don't understand how you mad at me because I don't look like you. I don't understand how you mad at me because I don't respond how you respond. I don't understand how you mad at me because we don't talk or whatever it is because guess what? I'm allowed to live my life and you allowed to live yours. Janelle, if you ain't never, ever agree with me about anything in the world, I love you just as you are. And that might mean I love you from the North Pole, but I still love you because you allowed to be you. You know what I mean? And so in the world, we have to learn that it's okay for us to be us, and if we be really okay with that, then we allow other people to be themselves. And it's so many of us who pretend like we're okay with ourselves, but then we talk and about I, people and, you know, all that disloyal stuff that happens. And so it's, it's because we're not okay with ourselves. And the root happens at the beginning. You ain't okay with yourself because you thought your mom didn't like you. You thought whatever it was, at the end of the day, growing up, your mother treated you a certain type of way unless you fought. So now you want to fight everybody because you think that's how you get your mom's attention. Or whatever it is, but it always goes back to the root. We, 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 we deal with people based off of the experiences of life, based off of the experiences that life has given us. We don't deal with people from how they're really trying to treat us. You might, you might come to me and say, Carlotta, I want to give you a car. And I might be like, well, why are you trying to give me a car? You think I need something, right? Because that's how life has treated me. In your heart, you're just trying to do something kind. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's why experiences are different for everybody because we're dealing with people according to how life has treated us, how we have felt about how life has treated us. But if we just take a moment 
to love ourselves, to learn ourselves, to, to really, you know, deal with the ugly part of us, deal with yeah. all that stuff that at the end of the day, ain't none of us did right. Like Janelle, you don't stand alone. I, I'm telling you that I, I was talking to somebody and I said, listen, I struggle with my sexuality. And, and the thing that kept me from it was that I know that I'm a leader. And so at the end of the day, I'm like, dang, I really don't know how people in a church would feel if I am in a race mission with a girl. I don't know how they would feel. And so I don't want to mislead people and make them think that I'm doing this based off of God said you can be this or that because it has nothing to do with that. It had everything to do with the fact that I was living with a man who I wasn't in love with, and I started questioning my sexuality. I was living in a situation where I, I really – I wasn't even thinking about sex. And I'm like, how is this possible? Right. But it was because so many things had happened that it wasn't just on my brain anymore. And so whatever the experience is, why are you coming here doing all that? My daughter, just how you, just, you know, just these kids, you see how my kids are doing. You see what but, my kids are doing. Listen, girl, she's too old. Like you about to be 21. But <laughs> at the end of the day, we deal with people based off of our experiences. You know, and we want everybody to, you know, when things are going, it's the reason why they treat black men the way they treat them. They scare. They are inferior of who they are and who they and can listen, become. Because it ain't nothing like. And so we can't be inferior. Listen, no shame, because I love all the people, but there listen. is nothing like a nothing. black man. I don't care. Or woman. God showed himself out, okay? It's, it's nothing. The essence of a man, of a black man, it's not like I it. And, you know, and that's why the you know, attack is what it is. And we'll say that for a whole nother day. We're going to hit a lot of hot topics. Because we is for real in another day. Anyway, y'all, before we go off, I got to say that today I am a part of an anthology. What's the anthology called? Horrible. Perfection does not exist. That's what it's called. I'm and, done with yeah. you. I know. But they, they were sending me messages because uh, we reached a uh, bestseller in the self-help category. So if y'all got it, thank you. If you didn't, log on to my page at Latia Ann and jump on there and get the book. I actually talk about um, there's no perfection in learning how to love God and, and, and growing and chasing his heart because people think they got to wait for the perfect time to fall in love with God or they got to wait for the perfect time to pray or to, and it, it's never going to happen. You yeah, go to you God keep on you waiting. When, you I, keep, when I got healed of, um, of alcoholism, it, I was drunk praying like, God, I don't, I don't know what to do with this thing. Man, I done been fried out of my listening. mind so high where I can hear praying. my brain cells crying on the bathroom praying. floor, praying, asking yeah. God, please, God, Jesus, because I think I'm going to die if you yep. don't help me and deliver me from this addiction to weed because I don't know what this man is slipping this weed because I ain't never – listen, I can hear my brain crying, y'all. I'm not making yeah, this up. I was on my bathroom floor literally praying, begging God because the heart is sincere. Right, God weighs the heart. He's not no. He's not really necessarily. You know what did he say when Samuel went to anoint David? You know he's like, see humans, y'all look on the outer appearance. He is like, but right. I weigh the heart, right? So yep. God has the uh, he has the ability, he has the sovereignty, right? He knows how to like the Bible tells us that the word can separate between bone and marrow, between soul and spirit. God has the ability because Jesus is the word, because in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. So he has the ability to separate your behavior from your heart, right? And so God. 
receive you in that moment. You can be just got done doing whatever he was doing. You could have just got from under a man and be like, Lord, please. You could be doing the act and be like, God, please, I don't want to do this anymore. Lord, please deliver me. You could be doing X, Y, and Z and cry out to God and he will answer you. Why? Because he see your heart. He see your heart. He's not concerned with your the fruit of the behavior. He's concerned with your heart. And that's what, if nothing else through, from this um, from this live, I pray that the people leave with God will see your heart no yeah. matter what you done did. If you're sincere and you want help and you want to change and you want to be delivered and you want to be set free, you can. You can do it right now. You can fall on your knees right now. You can be in the car. You can be wherever you are right now and call out to him and ask him to come and help you and tell him what you're struggling with. Tell him what your weakness is. You got to be, you can't hold nothing back because he already know. And the moment you begin to cry out to him, you will find that he will meet you in that place. Even if you've never met God before, he will meet you in that place because it is the posture of the heart that moves God. It is your heart posture. It's not your works. It's not how many times you go to church. It's not how many times, you know what I'm saying, you pray. It's none of that. It's your heart posture. Amen. And so that's what I want to leave the people with. We're going to um, go ahead and end off tonight. So the, the the consensus of the big question in the room today was, is it worth the wait, sex or abstinence? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm both for abstinence. You know what I'm saying? I'm living an abstinence lifestyle, and I see the benefits to me emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically. Um, it's a wonderful feeling. I'm going to be honest. It feels good to be like, ain't no man had me. It feels good that I ain't wrecking my brain. Why he, why he ain't answering the phone? Why he ain't text me back yet? Who he with? I'm not trying to go through no phone. I'm not sitting down wondering where he at. I sleep good, y'all. I got peace. Listen, and can't I, not, I promise listen, you. Listen, can't not compare to that, though. Listen. Peace is with us, like, you know, it's ours, right? And I and I do say that I am all for it. I, I believe that if you um, truly, truly want to get to know you, that is definitely the best way to do it. I lived it. Um, I wish that I could say, like, yeah, like, I'm living total abstinence right now, but I would be lying to say that. And so um, but I know that. But well, and this is the thing. My heart posture is what it is, and so God knows me, and so I'm okay with that. You know, there's like I said, there's many times in my life when I can be like, I just really, you know, I don't know, or I, but I know who I am in Christ, and I know that I ain't just out here, you know, doing whatever. But at the end of the day, I am not abstinent. You know what I mean? And so I'm not. I don't want to um, portray it. But if I could give somebody advice, it's okay to start over. I've had to do it, and I, and I ain't going around sleeping with two or three people, and I'm like, none of that. And so, literally, it's okay to start over. It's okay to say that you keep yourself, and it's okay to do it just for you. Ain't nobody got to, you know, it just it's okay just for you to do it for you and to gain a, a closer walk with who you are as a person and, and ultimately who God is. I love I'm it. I'm about to get off y'all. I love y'all. Are we, are we about to, I'm about to pop up. I'm going to let Courtney, do you got something to say? Now y'all done said it all. This has been real. It's been nice. It's been real nice. And I, 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 I second both. I, I, yes, I second both motions. It is worth the wait because you can think clearly. And for those who are not and they they have not yet done it, you can do it. Um, and for those that just that's not your choice or whatever, be careful. Be cautious. 
because just because you, you don't hear about it, AIDS is still a very real thing. Absolutely. And so is demon. And so is kids. And so ties. <laughs> just in case you All didn't right. know, right? <laughs> but Listen, yeah, you, know, you don't care if I pray so we get, um, we close girl. right. Okay. Don't guys, you can write the spirit in. <laughs> Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity to uh, live, move, and be, figure out how to be more like you, Lord God. Mm-hmm. Lord God, I ask that you would utilize our testimonies, our words, and the things that we discuss, Lord God, for your glory, for your good, Lord God. Let it touch at least one, Lord God. And we will be so careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Lord God, I ask that you seal every discussion, Lord God, and you cover us with the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray and I thank you. Amen. 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 Y'all have a good night. Will I will hit you up, Carlotta, so we can talk about when we'll do it again. We'll probably I'm gonna try to do it weekly. Um we're just gonna have some hot topics and we're gonna get in here and just Exactly. Call yeah. me tomorrow because I need to learn how to uh to do that podcast right. So Yeah, I'm gonna figure it out. I gotta I gotta um it is worth the way, Stephanie. I know that's my um, yeah, I got to figure it out, too, because it's new to me. I just got the platform, so I may need to, um, you know, navigate it a little bit more. And so we'll figure that all out. But um, even, however we got to flow, we're going to just flow. Cause we ain't going to let nothing stop what, what God is trying to do and how he's really trying to speak and minister and to, um, you know, restore his people. And so, you know, it's whatever he want to do. If he just want to do a live, he's just doing the live. I mean, I'm just here. I'm yielded as a vessel. That's it. So um, I appreciate you all. Thank you. Nice meeting you, Courtney. I enjoyed you. Please um, yeah, next join time, us again. Next time I'll be uh, I, I'm going to be cool. We love you. We love you, Listen, we, we need that episode of Brandy because we weren't supposed to go live. It just happened because I couldn't Listen, get on the podcast. Let me tell you something, honey. You beautiful. Y'all both. Y'all Thank gorgeous. Y'all beautiful. And y'all worthy because y'all know that's – I have a, um, a coaching and consulting business called Redefining a Woman's Worth. And so I'm super passionate just about uplifting my sisters, just pouring into, um, you know, women to really see true transformation and restoration in women. That is what I do. And so this is just kind of all a spinoff of what God has taken from my past to, to birth, you know, um, redefining a woman's worth. Um, I do have a website. If anybody um, on this live want to go check that out, I do have a free ebook that you can just sign up for, Five Signs That You Need to Redefine Your Worth. Um, and you can go to www.redefiningmyworth.com. That's www.redefiningmyworth.com. And it's, I love my site, y'all. It's really cool. I have a little bit of my story. You know, I have um, courses coming out soon. Next week I'll be launching a course and got some things, you know, coming up. So that's what we do here. This is a community for women. And, you know, I want to have men come in, too, to have certain conversations, but really, it's a community to empower, uplift, and to um, see true transformation and restoration for um, each other, right, one another and um, our sisters. So we'll be doing this again really soon. Hopefully next week I'll try to get with schedules and make sure y'all can get dawned up for the people. You know what I'm saying? Y'all come on there. You know, but y'all look beautiful the way y'all is. You know, it's, it's not a – listen, your, your testimony and the value that you brought – to this conversation far is much more beautiful and just much more becoming than anything. Um, I think the people will see that more than anything. It won't be about our physical faces and what we look like. It'll be the fact that they hear a pure word. They hear right. a real word. And, and that's right. going to be, you know, that's, that's the most beautiful thing. So yeah, to God be right. the glory. And I just thank you all so much. All, all right. right. Love I love y'all. I love y'all too. Good night. Thank <laughs> you.